0: okay good evening and welcome to the november 2nd 2022 hybrid meeting of the san francisco board of appeals president rick swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he's joined by vice president jose lopez commissioner alex lemberg who is joining us remotely commissioner john tresvina and commissioner J.R. epler who will also be joining us remotely also present is deputy city attorney john givner who will provide the board with any needed legal advice At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Wongway, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. Tina Tam, the deputy zoning administrator, representing the planning department, Natalia Kwiatkowska, principal planner and ADU coordinator with the planning department, and Matthew Green, acting chief building inspector with the department of building inspection. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings, no eating or drinking in the hearing room. Appellants, permit holders and department respondents, each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within these seven or three minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties, have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. For jurisdiction requests, the parties are given three minutes each with no rebuttal. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination, or to grant a jurisdiction request. If you have questions about requesting a rehearing, the board rules, or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now, public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now public comment can be provided in three ways. One in person, two via Zoom, go to our website and click on the Zoom link, three by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar ID eight five two zero five one three zero six eight zero. 513 680 Again, SFGovTV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first I'll star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star nine which is the equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star six to unmute yourself. You will have three minutes and our legal assistant will provide you with a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the Internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there's interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we will take public Comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. Please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. If you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say I do after you've been sworn in or affirmed. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Okay, thank you. If you're a participant and you're not speaking, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. So commissioners, we do have one housekeeping item for items 8A and 8B. This is appeal numbers 22-066 and 22-067 at 1825 Broderick Street. The planning department is recommending revocation of the permit since the siding is visible from the street and the permit was issued in error. The permit holder has agreed to this recommendation. So we need a motion to grant the Appeals and revoke the permit on the basis that it was not properly issued
1: Mr. Lopez would you like to make that motion?
0: Well, we do have uh, Commissioner Lemberg is raising his hand. Okay. I want to
2: I would like to move to uh, To grant the appeal and uh, and overturn the permit on the basis that it was not properly okay. issued
0: Okay Vice President Lopez. Did you want to add anything? I didn't mean to I thought he wanted no, I,
3: comments.
2: I
1: just can't see I didn't see, sorry, Commissioner. I didn't see you raising your So How do I, uh, that'll create an an issue and and sensitivity for tonight with the two remote commissioners that um, it's hard to.
0: I see them on your Zoom screen and if their hand is raised, I'll try to keep you aware of that. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So is there any public comment on this motion to grant the appeals and revoke the permit? Please raise your hand. Okay, I DON'T SEE ANY HANDS RAISED, SO ON THAT MOTION, VICE PRESIDENT LOPEZ? AYE. COMMISSIONER TRASVINA? AYE. COMMISSIONER EPLER? AYE. PRESIDENT SWIG? AYE. OKAY, SO THAT MOTION CARRIES FIVE TO ZERO AND THE APPEALS ARE GRANTED. THANK YOU. SO WE WILL NOW MOVE ON TO ITEM NUMBER TWO. THIS IS GENERAL PUBLIC COMMENT. THIS IS AN OPPORTUNITY FOR ANYONE WHO WOULD LIKE TO SPEAK ON A MATTER WITHIN THE BOARD'S JURISDICTION but that is not on tonight's calendar. Is there anyone here who would like to speak in, on, on an item that's not on the calendar? Okay, Mr. McMurdo, welcome. Please go ahead, you have three minutes. Thanks
4: very much, Julie. You can hear me?
0: Yes, I can.
4: Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, um, a few days ago, I Julie, said.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, one moment, because, yes.
4: Um, as Mr. McMurdo is a
1: potential, um, uh, has potential to be speaking on an item that we will hear, um several weeks from now can you please um...
3: okay
0: uh, Mr. McMurdo uh, your general public comment should be on general matters uh, since you are the representative for well, the appellants for cases coming up yeah. on November 16th please I, do I would not... only
4: say to Mr. Swig that uh, I have the right to make public comment in my opinion and that um, the things I'm going to say relate to taxi matters but not to the two uh, appellants.
0: Okay, that's fine, thank you. We're just clarifying in advance.
4: Okay, thank you.
0: Please go ahead.
4: Thank you. A few days ago, I sent you, your board a synopsis of an October 18, SFMTA board meeting agenda item in which staff tried to remove taxi permit appeals from your jurisdiction. At the urging of many taxi stakeholders, Director Steve Heminger successfully moved to sever the BOA issue basically a rider amendment from the unrelated calendar item. Director Heminger has a remarkable resume, including his stint for nearly 20 years as Executive Director of the Metropolitan Transportation Commission. Taxi staff provided incomplete or misleading answers to some questions he asked, so opted to provide responsive answers to him via the synopsis. When Mr. Heminger asked Taxi Director Kate Torn, about the nature of the pending permit revocation cases, she implied that only unprincipled permit holders were involved, describing the revoked appellants as, quote, low-hanging fruit who ignore basic rules as maintaining, such as maintaining a California driver's license. In 2016, nearly 40 years after prop became taxi law, Ms. Torrin and then transportation director Ed Riskin proposed 126 pages of transportation code amendments which the agency board summarily approved. One Senate's new provision required a CDL for annual taxi medallion renewal. This deliberately targets elderly and disabled persons who cannot obtain a CDL due to disability. These career workers are not ignoring a basic requirement. Um, Rather, SFMTA has intentionally created an arbitrary and capricious hurdle which disabled workers cannot clear, notably confiscating the permits in order to the agency's own financial benefit. Hundreds of now elderly or disabled career taxi drivers obtain these valuable permits, which historically served as a de facto pension. Unfortunately, for the past several years, we have been Ubered out of that anticipated income. 25 years or so ago, Walmart SuperSource similarly engaged in anti-competitive pricing to Walmart small grocers out of their life savings by destroying these small businesses. There's science signs that med- medallion value is returning. We want to protect disabled medallion holders while making your board aware. In
5: 30 of- seconds.
4: Thanks, Ali. Making your board aware of SFMTA's machinations and general disingenuousness in these matters. And uh, thank you very much.
0: OK, thank you. We will now hear from Mark G. Please go ahead. You need to unmute yourself. Okay, I think you did so. Jeremy. Yes. Yes, we can. Can you, uh, you're, you're a bit low.
6: Okay, well, I'll try speaking up. Uh, good evening, President Swede, board members. Uh, Mark Ruber, taxi driver and board member of the San Francisco Taxi Drivers Alliance. Taxi Workers Alliance, I should say. Uh, I want to address the issue of your jurisdiction over taxi permit appeals. Uh, 10 years ago, the issue came before this board after the MTA decided to issue a large number of taxi medallions to cab companies in violation of provisions of the police code that in effect United Taxicab Workers, a predecessor to our current union, attempted to file an appeal. Your executive director at the time rejected the application so we filed a request for jurisdiction. We had the disadvantage of appearing before a four-member board, which denied jurisdiction on a vote of two to two. Our argument mainly rested on city charter section 4.106B, which governs the right of appeals to this board from permit decisions of all city departments with limited and explicit exceptions, taxi permits not being among them. The MTA maintains that taxi provisions in the charter sections governing the MTA supersede the provisions of Section 4.106B. We argue that any seeming conflict between these sections can and should be reconciled in favor of preserving this precious right, which is so important to cab drivers, who most often cannot afford to take an appeal to court. Uh, I will be sending the board a copy of the brief we submitted on our jurisdiction request. It contains some outdated references to repealed sections of the police code, but the discussion of the charter, which is the main discussion, uh, is as pertinent today as it was then. I hope you'll take a look at it before your hearing of the 16th. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Gruber. We will now hear from the caller whose phone number ends in 1405. Please go ahead. You may need to press stars. Okay, go ahead, please. Uh,
7: I, Dirk
8: heart a former cab driver whose medallion was uh, removed by the commission, and I have no reason to expect. Uh, sympathy, compassion, empathy, or kindness out of the commission, but I do have an expectation for rule of law, and I'm not seeing it, and it, it filled me with great dismay. If I have the right, six numbers will be involved in a legal dispute till it is results in my favor. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Nayhart. Is there any further uh, general public comment? Please raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any uh, more public comment at this point, so we'll move on to item number three, commissioner comments and questions.
1: Commissioners, both present and virtual. Any questions, comments? Hearing none. Okay. Uh, Julian, item number one, I think was in discussed.
0: Pardon?
7: the resolution for consideration
0: oh yes we we passed right over item number one so uh let me see let's go back to that thank you we're moving along qu- too quickly here so item number one is a special item consideration of possible adoption of res- of a resolution w- which makes findings to allow teleconference meetings under california government code section 54953 uh, subsection e So commissioners, we would need a motion to adopt this resolution.
1: I'll put forth that motion.
0: Okay, is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. I don't see any hands raised, so on the motion to adopt the resolution, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Trashvina? Yes. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. Aye. Okay, thank you. That motion carries and the resolution is adopted and thank you, Alec, for the reminder. You're welcome. So, we did not have any commissioner comments and questions. I think I
1: saw Mr. Chosina's light go on just before we digress back into number one. No, you're okay? Yeah. Good.
0: Okay, so we're gonna move on to item number four, the adoption of the minutes. Commissioners, before you for discussion, possible adoption are the October 19th, 2022 minutes.
1: Commissioners, any uh, changes recommended or otherwise? And do I have a motion?
9: Motion to adopt. you.
0: Okay, we have a motion from uh, Vice President Lopez to adopt the minutes. Is there any public comment on that motion? Please raise your hand. I don't see any public comments, so on that motion, C- Commissioner Trezvina. Yes. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. Okay, that motion carries five to zero and the minutes are adopted. We are now moving on to item number five. This is a special item, overview the accessory dwelling unit programs. Uh, This is a presentation by Natalia Kwiatkowska, a principal planner and ADU coordinator on ADU programs. The presentation will cover three ADU programs, including the local ADU program, state ADU program and hybrid program. So welcome. Ms. Kwiatkowska, we look forward to your presentation. Good
10: evening, Commissioners. Natalia Kwiatkowska, Planning Department staff. Going to share my screen. um, So just let me know once you see it.
0: We can see it, thank you.
10: Great. Uh, I'm here today to talk to you all about our Accessory Dwelling Unit programs. Um, And as you're looking through this presentation, all the photos included in here are of completed or under construction ADUs, so I hope you enjoy. We're going to start with a little bit of background. Um, the majority of my presentation will focus on definitions and our different programs and then we will briefly go over resources and our process. Starting with background, um, AV use became a topic back in 2014. Um, there were many reasons for uh, why this started. Some of these are that we saw many illegal units in the city um, and because of the housing crisis, we wanted to provide an opportunity to legalize these units and make it easier to build more housing. At the same time, the Department of Building Inspection Seismic Retrofit uh, was commencing. And so this was a great opportunity for property owners that were already doing construction to at the same time add additional dwelling units. And ADUs we found to be easy infill construction. So when did this happen? Going back to 2014 is when we saw our legalization program. I'll go over that in more detail. At the same time, there was an ADU pilot that started in San Francisco. This was a local ordinance, started in Castro and District 3 and 8. Um, At the same time, DBI seismic retrofit was happening, and so ADUs were allowed in conjunction with the seismic retrofit permit. Then two years later, in 2016, the pilots were so successful that ADUs became available citywide as long as they met certain parameters. And in 2017, state law caught up and offered opportunities for ADUs through the state ministerial process. This was fairly limiting at first, it was only allowing one ADU in existing single family homes. Then in 2019 our local ADU program was significantly expanded to allow ADUs in new construction. This was a pretty significant change. And then subsequently in 2020, state law went through very major amendments to also allow ADUs in multifamily and in new construction, similar to our local program. And then today, ADUs are basically allowed everywhere as long as they fit and meet certain parameters. Moving on to definition and programs, So an accessory dwelling unit, which I'll refer to as ADU, is also often referred to our secondary units, in units, cottages. At the end of the day, these are residential units added to existing and new residential buildings. When talking about ADUs, I thought it'd be helpful to talk about other ways to add and legalize units in San Francisco. So our first option is sort of the simplest it's as of right units so picture a single family home in a zoning district that allows two or more units uh, you would be principally permitted to add more units to max out your density um, in this option you are required to meet all planning code requirements that are relevant then our second option is the legalization program This is often referred to as our amnesty ADU program, but it is a important distinction. Um, Units going through the legalization program are not technically ADUs, they're just legalized units. And this program has a pretty big incentive that some planning code requirements are flat out waived. There is a requirement that the unit must have been used independently prior to 2013. So if an illegal unit was added after 2013, or if it lacks that evidence, there's other ways to legalize it, such as as of right or the ADU program. And then lastly, the ADU program, uh, like I mentioned, it's a citywide program that allows property owners to exceed the density of their lots. So in that single family home scenario, let's pretend it's a single family zoning or each one. They don't have the opportunity to add more dwelling units on their The zoning district, this allows them to exceed those controls. And then we've got our three programs, which are the local, hybrid, and state. Uh, So a little bit more detail about the as-of-right units. As I mentioned, the number of units varies. This is dependent on the zoning district and the number of existing units on the property. And this can be checked on our property information map. Uh, It's important to note that there are no eligibility requirements. Um, And in this option, a property owner is required to meet all relevant planning code requirements. There are no waivers available to these. Um, If a requirement cannot be met, it would require a variance application. Now, as of right units, there are no restrictions. Um, So these units can be sold separately, condoed, and subdivided. They can be used for short-term rentals as long as they follow those regulations. And these units are not subject to rent control. These are newly created units. Now with the legalization program, it is limited to one unauthorized unit per lot. Uh, So we often see properties with multiple unauthorized units and we get very creative with utilizing other ways to add and legalize them. And with this option, as I mentioned, there a couple eligibility requirements. One of them is that the unit must have existed and been used independently prior to 2013. There's also an eviction search. So if there have been certain no fault evictions in that illegal unit, the property owner would be unable to use the legalization program to add that unit for a certain time frame. And with this option, the big incentive is that some of our big planning code requirements are waived. Um, so density, rear yard, open space and exposure. And does not need to be met for the unauthorized unit. And the intent behind this is that these are existing units. Uh, we're not trying to force property owners into significant modifications that would make it financially difficult to add these units and legalize them. There are some requirements that do have to be met. Um, they're smaller in nature, such as landscaping and your front setback and things like that. All right, moving on to our ADU programs. So we've got our three programs. We've got our local program, uh, which is the one that began first in 2014. And today, a number of allowed ADUs varies. They're allowed in existing and proposed single and multifamily. And then there are exceptions, what we call waivers, available from certain planning code requirements for ADUs added to existing units. Then we've got the state program, which is which is a state mandated option. It only allows adding one ADU in existing or proposed single or multifamily. It's only permitted on properties with no other ADUs. And with this option, there's it's not required to meet all planning code requirements. Similar to the legalization program, those big items such as exposure, open space, do not need to be met. And then we've got the hybrid program. So this is technically a subset of state law. So it's still a state mandated program. The number of ADUs allowed varies. They're allowed in existing and proposed single family, but only in existing multifamily homes. And the reason why we came up with the name hybrid is because even though it's a state mandated program, these ADUs are subject to all of our relevant planning code requirements without the option for a waiver. So it's a state program, but requires local compliance. So now I thought we'd go over a couple ADU types that we see today. Um, The most typical one that we still see and we have always seen are the conversion ADUs. So these are new units that convert space in a residential building. Very common ones in San Francisco are converting existing garages, storage spaces, boiler rooms, things like that. Then our next one are attached ADUs. These are new units that expand a residential building, so think of like a horizontal expansion at the rear, things like that. Then a new concept that came out from state law in 2020 is detached ADUs. So these are new freestanding buildings located on a residential property. So we often see them in backyards. We haven't seen many in San Francisco, as you can imagine, corner and through lots are probably the best candidates for these. Uh, to be able to physically build them and construct them. And then the last type, which is also a new type of ADU um, available through state law, is called a junior ADU. So this is a conversion type of ADU. It's only available in single-family homes, and it's limited in square footage. We think of these often as caretaker units, as there is an opportunity to connect the junior ADU with the primary single-family home. Now getting into the details of each program, starting with our local program, the number of ADUs varies, like I mentioned, for existing buildings, if the lot has four or less existing legal units, only one ADU is allowed. If the lot has five or more existing legal units, then there's an unlimited number of ADUs allowed. There is an incentive for property that are also going through DBI's mandatory or voluntary seismic retrofits and those are also allowed an unlimited number of ADUs. This is very similar in new construction, but it's dependent on what the zoning district allows. So if the zoning district allows four or less units, you can have one ADU. If the zoning district allows five or more units, there's no cap on the number of ADUs allowed. And similar to the legalization program, there is an eligibility requirement that includes eviction search and so certain no fall evictions anywhere on the property would prevent the property owner from using our local ADU program for a certain timeframe. With our local program there is required compliance with planning code requirements. However, ADUs added to existing buildings benefit from waivers from some of our big-ticket planning code requirements, such as density, rear yard, open space, and partial exposure. And then ADUs added to new construction only benefit from the density waiver. There are some restrictions tied to these local ADUs. Typically, these cannot be sold, so they cannot be condoed or subdivided. They're supposed to be rental units. However, there is an exemption for ADUs added to properties that are concurrently going through GDI seismic retrofit program. Those can be condoed if they qualify. Local ADUs cannot be used as short term rentals. Um, and typically, local ADUs are subject to rent control. And so we go through the Costa Hawkins agreement process to subject them to rent control. Moving on to the state program. Um, So like I mentioned, state only allows one ADU on a property. The only eligibility requirement is that there are no other ADUs here. Um, And there's a partial requirement to our planning code requirements. Um, So very small items are required, such as landscaping, those big ticket items, like density, rear yard, open space, do not need to be met for these state ADUs. And then there are some restrictions tied to these. Um, These state ADUs cannot be sold, so no condo subdivision. They cannot be used as short-term rentals. However, they are not subject to rent control. And then moving on to our last program, the hybrid program. The number of ADUs allowed varies. Now, in single-family homes, you can have one ADU. This could either be a conversion or a detached type ADU plus one junior ADU. So you can result with three legal units on on a single family property. For multifamily dwellings, the allowance is two detached ADUs or one converted ADU, or up to 25% of the number of existing units, whichever is higher. So you've got a building with 100 units, 25% is 25 ADUs allowed. There are no eligibility requirements, similar. And then, There is a requirement to meet the planning code. So as I mentioned before, the reason we call this hybrid is because it's a state mandated program, but it's subject to our local planning code. So those big ticket items such as open space, exposure, rear yard have to be met and there's no available variance or waiver or exception from these. The only exception is to density since these are allowed to exceed the density of the lot. And then similar to the state's ADUs, hybrid ADUs also cannot be sold. They cannot be used as short-term rentals and they are not subject to rent control. So there are some benefits that we outline for the state mandated ADUs, both state and hybrid program. They benefit from ministerial and streamlined review processes. They are subject to a 60 day review timeline from the date of a complete application there is no subjective design review. There is a small exception for certain historic properties. They're not subject to CEQA, not subject to our neighborhood notification process. There's no discretionary review opportunity. And then, this one you're well aware of, there is a shortened appeal window with appeals that must be heard within 10 to 30 days of the filing. And there is no opportunity for a rehearing request. And then, as I mentioned, these state law prevents us from subjecting these ADUs to rent control. Now moving on to some of our resources. We've got sort of two main locations for them. We have many resources on our planning department ADU page. That's at ADU. And the city has some great ADU pages as well. That would be at sf.gov. Um, the main difference, be- the distinction between the planning and the city pages is the city pages include everything else outside of planning. So requirements from building, processes, things like that. And then we do have dedicated ADU planners within our department, and we can be reached for questions at at sfgov.org. Now moving on to process. So super exciting that today, everything can be submitted online through that city website at sf.gov. Um, a customer does not have to visit the city to get their ABU permit. Everything is submitted online and everything is issued electronically as well. So this really allows us to comply with that 60 day review timeline to provide streamlined and ministerial review.
0: And this concludes my presentation and I'm
10: available for questions.
0: Okay, thank you so much. We have a question from President Swick.
1: Um, Look, the more I know, the more confused I get. Um, I am confused about, um, there are are three three buckets. There's local, state, and then hybrid. Um, uh, We had a hearing here a couple weeks ago that was designated as a state ADU. Um, and therefore, subject to some rules and um, by which uh, we went and made our ruling accordingly um, but where does that designation between local state and uh hybrid get made? when does that happen? How does that happen and sure. why and why is there more than one at this point
10: great question um That distinction is often made by our planning department staff. Um, Depending on the property type, the number of units on the property, um, there might be more than one option to the property owner to use to add an ADU. A good example is when adding one ADU. Customers can typically pick between our state, local, uh, sometimes hybrid programs. we work with the customer to pick the program that is best for them, outline the benefits, things like that. Most of our data shows that multifamily properties end up using our local program because they're able to get more ADUs permitted. Um, most single-family homes today use the state program because they're only looking to add one ADU, and there are big benefits such as streamlined and ministerial review that come with that program. The hybrid program is barely used. Uh, because it's really difficult to meet all of our planning code requirements um, and not seek a waiver or a variance from it. So often if an applicant wants to look at a hybrid program, but they need some sort of a waiver, they will often punch to our local program to be able to use a waiver from that requirement.
1: Um, uh, and we do
10: have many, we do have a lot of FAQs on our website that, and help customers pick but we do often have to have you know this conversation and see which bucket they fall into okay
1: my second question of three um, is going back to the hearing that we had a couple weeks ago which involved a an ADU um being built in what was represented as a storage shed and um and then um, it was built according to all the statutes, again, in the state ADU um, program. It seemed to f- fly, one of our discussions is that it seemed to fly in the face of other um, other, other requirements uh, for other things such as A-variance. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, the ADU was being built mid-block uh, in a backyard. Again, it, it fit all the requirements according to the state ADU, um, yet uh, in in this mid-block situation where there was wide open um, park-like atmosphere through on, as is typical in many of San Francisco's blocks, um, here was this building Which ended up being sixteen feet, I think, total, according to the statute, um, popping up and disturbing, seemingly the mid-space, the mid-block open space, and thus uh, um, flying in the face of what, in a variance, we would say, out of character with the the rest of the neighborhood. How does planning sort these dilemmas out, where? Uh, there might be a conflict with other, um, other, uh,
10: uh, other statutes. Thank you for the question. State law makes it easy for us. Um, State law says these are allowed as long as it meets very few bullet points. And so we had similar conversations with the planning commission where they were concerned about mid block open space, um, consistent with the residential design guidelines. And state law basically says these ADUs are not subject to them, we're making it ministerial and we're streamlining review. Um, So if this was a local ADU, uh, we do have that discretion uh, to require compliance with our design guidelines um, to prevent these ADUs from taking away open space from housing services. Um, State law does not give us that discretion. We do often encourage applicants even when utilizing the state program, um, provide, you know, design input and ask them to consider certain features to be included in their projects.
1: Thank you. Uh, final question. Uh, quite often when we have had ADU situations, I, I note in my neighborhood where I live in the marina, it seems that several of the um, historical large format um, maybe. maybe I'm guessing four, three or four story apartment buildings um, are converting uh, copious amounts of their garage space uh, to ADUs. And when we have seen some of these activities here in a hearing um, in the past, there seems to be, uh, and we get an appeal on it, it often seems to be related to uh, tenants' rights and lease contracts and the like. Um, how does planning deal with the challenge of, of how to sort out what our tenants' rights and uh, legal statutes related to lease, um, uh, lease agreements and, um, and the legalities, uh, otherwise legalities, of, of building an ADU? And I'm talking about things like uh, storage units, or uh, laundry rooms um, bike racks th- things that were, are quite often written into a simple uh, rental lease
10: sure thank you for the question um, and it varies depending on the use of these programs. Um, the short answer is work we work very closely with the backboard. Um, the long answer is for state and hybrid we do not have that this discretion for local program which are most of the ones that you know are multi multi-story, multi-unit buildings that do are converting multiple garages, storage spaces. Um, They are required to comply with Supervisor Management's ordinance. That was effective, I want to say, at the end of 2021. Um, It requires the property owner to provide a notice um, to all their tenants, informing them that there will be an ADU's proposed, and a rent board declaration saying whether they're there will be housing services that will be impacted. ADUs cannot remove housing services. Um, and so there's a, through this ADU notice and declaration, there is an opportunity for any of the tenants to petition the, the rent board for a determination if they believe there will be an impact on their housing services. And our local planning code says we cannot approve an ADU through our local program if the... the determination or declaration says there is an impact on housing services um, and so that that bucket really fits into more of that multi-story multi-unit buildings um, if a property owner chooses to go through the state or the hybrid program and they meet all those parameters um, we're not able to apply those requirements to them um, with the board, there is an option for a tenant um to seek their help when housing service is impacted um, i believe that often results with uh, pay or excuse me a rental reduction or assistance and they do often get very creative um, and get provide a lot of input in that process
1: thank you very much i'll
7: yield to mr Trezina. thank you president swig and thank you Ms. quit for your excellent presentation, uh, it's very helpful to me as a new member of the board, and I'm certainly I'm certain it is helpful to members of the public as well, as ADUs become uh, larger and 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 all throughout all throughout the city. A question, just briefly, on the uh, what you describe as a sales prohibition. Can you elaborate a little bit more as to um, how that how um, how that prohibition is is in effect? Is it is there are there time limits for them? Uh, if the main unit is sold, does that does that uh, have an impact?
10: Sure. Thank you for the question. Um, so all these ADUs, except for that one exception, for ADUs added in conjunction with the seismic retrofit, cannot be sold separately. So no condo kind of subdivision. Um, This is memorialized as a notice of special restrictions that the property owner signed, notarized, and recorded at the recorder's office. And it lives with the property in perpetuity. And so this has no impact on the existing units that are non-ADUs. If those qualify for a condo or subdivision, there's one available, they're able to go through that. The ADU would have to be tied to one of those lots. So it stays as a rental unit. Um, the one exemption, like I mentioned, is for ADUs added in conjunction with the seismic retrofit. Those remain eligible for a condo or subdivision if there is one available.
7: So, then you would more precisely, then they, they can be sold, but they can't be sold separately from the main unit. Is that right? Yes. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Any other commissioner questions or comments?
1: I want to make sure that our two commissioners at home are fully recognized and have the ability to uh, ask questions.
0: I don't see their hands raised. I can see a smile. So they're with us. Thank you. Uh, So we will now move on to public comment. I do see one hand raised. Jeremy Schaub, please go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, welcome. You have three minutes.
11: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you. I don't can you hear us?
11: I'm not able to hear anyone.
0: Okay, I can hear you. Do you have headphones? Hello? Hello? Can you hear us now? Alec, can you send him Hi, a can number? anyone hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Can you send him a message in the chat that we can hear? him fine. Oh, there we go. Okay.
11: Okay. All right. it's just very faint. Uh, hi, Jeremy Schaub from Schaub Architects. Architects. Uh, thanks for having this hearing today. It's it's very helpful for me as well. We've had a couple of successful ADU projects and planning has been quite helpful all throughout uh, despite a few other hiccups. Um, my main question for Natalia and for the board, I have two questions, uh, and Commissioner Swig already addressed one of these, but one is if we're taking away potential tenants uh, space as an open space or something in the rear yard how is that affected does it need to be replaced Uh, what other means or methods might be affected and the other question is also kind of following on commissioner swig's thoughts is we find a lot of confusion in coordinating the planning departments view on all of these adus and those of the building departments and how applications are filed when they ask us to reference uh, certain board of supervisors legislative numbers or state legislation uh, and i would appreciate if those could somehow be harmonized but so that's my comment
10: Okay, thank so you. I can uh, answer those questions.
1: Yes, normally, normally, and in, I in, uh, just want to make a, a comment, please. Normally, in, in public comment, we don't create a dialogue and don't allow answers to questions. But in this case, I would uh, like to allow that we have this as a more of an open forum and questions may be asked and planning may uh, provide answers because we're here to get educated. Thank you.
0: Thank you, President Swig. So, yes, please, Ms. Kwiatkowska, if you could answer that. Yes, thank you. Answer the first question first
10: in regards to taking away open space. Um, Going through the state program and the hybrid program, you are able to take away open space um, when constructing on ADU. However, you are required to retain access to any open space. And so this square footage might get smaller, but we still require access to it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we do try to provide input to maximize that open space that's left on the lot um, or to consider providing additional. And then the other question uh, or comment, I hear you, we're trying to work together with the Department of Building Inspection to harmonize our terminology a little bit better. Um, we're hoping that these names stick a little bit better and hopefully are explain the programs. Um, when referred to them, but I'll definitely provide that feedback.
0: Okay. Thank you. Is there any further public comment? Please raise your hand. I don't see any further public comment. So I want to thank the planning department very much for giving us this presentation this evening. Thank you. So we will now move on to the next item. This is item number six jurisdiction request number 22-7 subject property at 524 Lake Street letter from Margaret and Michael Bloomfield the requesters asking the board to take jurisdiction over building permit number 2022 which was issued on August 2nd 2022. The appeal period ended on August 17, 2022, and the jurisdiction request was filed at the board office on October 11th, 2022. The permit holder is Greg Germano, and the permit description is remove old cabinets, replace with new cabinets and countertop with sink, disposal, backsplash, new flooring, paint, lighting, and counter outlets. So we will hear first from Mr. Collier, the representative for the requesters. Welcome. He's the attorney. You have three minutes, sir.
12: Thank you, my, my name is Steve Collier. I am the attorney for the requesters. Um, they're in the room, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bloomfield, and um, they will be addressing the appeal and um, that follows this item. But as far as the request for jurisdiction, let um, understand that the board's uh, pretty limited in what it can grant a request for jurisdiction. We believe that you should in this case because the um, building permit was not on the DBI's website when I went to look at it on August 24, um, when I received notification from my clients that there was a tremendous amount of uh, demolition and construction going on over them, um, um, and particularly on the 23rd. Um, The tenants also complained to the housing inspector uh, excuse me, the building inspector who told them that work was being done beyond the scope of the permit, um, but they never told them sort of what what to do about that, whether they could appeal. Um, and importantly, um, the permit is stated to be solely for a kitchen remodel when it became clear that the remodel was including all parts of the apartment, including a bathroom remodel. So I believe DBI should have stopped work on the permit in order that the permit holder obtain a broader permit or amend the permit to include the bathroom and other areas that are being now worked on and that were noticed in the plumbing and electrical permits that were issued September 27. If they had done that and um, then uh, we could have appealed that permit and we wouldn't have had an issue of uh, an untimely appeal or opportunity to appeal simply because we didn't know that there was a permit issued. Well, what the apparent, apparently, was happening was that was work beyond the scope of any permit or no permit at all. And the requesters asked DBI to intervene, and DBI told them work beyond the scope of permit. So they thought the work would stop, and it didn't. So, um, I believe that it's within your jurisdiction to grant um, an appeal of the underlying building permit. You have an appeal before you tonight of the plumbing and electrical permits. So, it's within the scope of what you're gonna to decide tonight anyway. And it seems logical to um, rule on all three permits. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. We will now hear from the permit holders representative I believe Mr is Mr. Alex Serrano present.
7: I think Mr. Lemberg has a question.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you. Commissioner Lemberg?
2: I do. Thank you, uh, Mr. Collier. I just wanted to check in uh, is this type of permit that was issued is there no uh, type of notification to the tenants as a matter of course that would happen normally. Uh, well, I, I guess I just don't understand how this permit got filed and the tenants in the building had no notice of it?
12: Right, unfortunately, I think for just an interior remodel without any changing the envelope of the property or um, in, in, in smaller buildings, there isn't a notification requirement or a posting requirement. Um, there certainly are in bar- larger buildings um, but in in this three-unit building um, with no change in the envelope, uh, I don't believe there is a posting requirement, but um, other people may know better than me, like Mr. Gibner or others. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. We will now hear from the permit holders representative.
13: My name is Alex. Uh, yeah. So I know I, uh, I'm the uh, general contractor of the project. Uh, I, uh, Mr. Greg uh, you know, contacted me through his uh, real estate agent that I worked uh, for a long time and uh, to come and help out with this project. And uh, he actually uh, had, uh, pulled the, uh, the permit already. Um, so I just came and uh, helped out and helped to pull the electrical and plumbing permits. And you know, take care of the subcontractors and run the project for the, this, the kitchen remodel. Okay. And the uh, everything is done. by permit is all the uh, signatures for the rough inspections, plumbing, uh, building, and electrical. And the uh, of the permit was put on the uh, 802. And I don't know; it's not showing on the system. Uh, on the 26th, yes, yeah, I mean 24th, yes. Uh, and I mean, this just everything is being done um, according to, to the permit and, uh, you know, that's uh, all I got, uh, just to try to help out and get the project uh, finished. Okay, thank, thank you.
0: Thank you. We will now hear from, I'm assuming, Planning Department won't weigh in, Department of Building Inspection. Uh, com- I'm sorry we have a question Commissioner Tresvigno. For, for,
7: Ser- for mr. Serrano ah,
8: yes.
0: it's fine I have the spelling of his name and everything already so mr. Serrano you you don't need to fill that out you can uh, oh, you can okay. just go up to the microphone we oh, have a okay. question for you
13: uh, yes
7: Mr. Sir, thank you for your attendance today on behalf of the permit holder. I, you can tell me whether this is within your knowledge or not. Is work currently being done on mm, for pursuit no. of the permit? not that I know. So is all the as far as you know is as, all
13: is all the work completed? No, it's not completed because we stopped. Uh, as far as the construction goes, uh, I don't know if uh, it's only handling the construction side of it, but I, uh, I don't know if paint is being done at the time. To be honest, I haven't been in the price since I got the letter, so I pulled my my gas out and we're not been back since then. Do you
7: have any estimate of how much more work needs to be done
13: in terms Uh, of time? Probably uh, on a week, the most, five days. I'd say only the kitchen left to be done and then trim out, and that'll be it. Uh, A week? Yes. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. uh, we have one more que- we have a question from commissioner epler
8: uh yes uh, follow up for mr serrano um the question is uh, you said there was no stop being done can you tell me
13: on what date you
8: stopped doing work at the location
13: uh i don't recall the the the, the day that we got received that letter uh stating that we had to stop work so uh, i don't recall what day was that but that was the date. That was stop work. The, the, the day received which letter? Uh, the day the, the owner received that letter, we stopped work.
0: Yep. For clarity, Commissioner Epler, only the electric and plumbing permits are suspended. Since uh, this is part of a jurisdiction request, the, per, the underlying permit has not been suspended. Not the
8: building. Okay, thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, we will now hear from the Department of Building Inspection.
5: Uh, good evening, I'm Matthew Green, uh, Acting Chief Building Inspector representing the Department of Building Inspection. Um, building Permit t- uh, 2022 7289473 was uh, issued for a kitchen remodel on August 2nd. Uh, when I received notice of the jurisdiction request about the um, website not having the permit up- updated, I contacted our IT department and asked them to run an audit. Um, the head of IT says, it might be difficult to verify the appellant statement unless he or she has a screen capture. Um, one thing we can do is check the audit of the record to see what changes have been made from August 2nd to August 24th. I asked them to go ahead and do that. Um, I think, and the result was based on the audit table. There were no changes to the permit stage history. I verified, does that mean that the DBI website reflected the permit status in real time? And our IT department says, yes, it does. Um, there was also. Four separate anonymous complaints about the project, Uh, two to the building inspector, uh, one to the electrical inspector, one to the plumbing inspector. Um, There was a notice of violation posted, as the um, appellant states. That was from the plumbing inspector. There was not a plumbing permit at the time. Um, The notice of violation actually clearly did state that there was a building permit, but they did require them to get a a plumbing permit. Um, I'm available for any questions you, uh, you may have.
0: Vice President Lopez.
9: Yeah, Mr. Green, uh, thank you. I wanted uh, to turn the question to you about the notification uh, requirements, if any, that that may have arisen with, with these permits.
5: Uh, no, not for a mi- minor interior remodel such as this. Um, there's a requirement that the job card that's posted with the, um, that's issued with the building permit be issued sorry, there's a requirement that the job card that is issued with the building permit be posted in a conspicuous location. That's for the um, access to the building inspectors rather than the uh, occupants of the building.
9: And then follow on, uh, you mentioned the NOV at some point was, was issued. Is that, is that something that's publicly uh, posted? Y-
5: yes, so there was a building permit issued. Um, it also requires a separate electrical and plumbing permit. The electrical and plumbing permits weren't issued at the same time as the building permit. Uh, There's an anonymous complaint saying that work was being done without the electrical or plumbing permits. The plumbing inspector went out and verified there was no uh, plumbing permit, he wrote a NOSA violation. They've subsequently obtained a building permit with the penalty, sorry, they've obtained the plumbing permit with the penalty attached to it. Um, The electrical inspector, between the time the complaint was filed and the electrical inspector responded, the electrical permit was issued. So there was no notice of violation for the electrical complaint. The, t- the two building uh, complaints were um, investigated by the building inspector. Uh, one was for the work inside this unit. He, he went and verified that the work being done was under the building permit. There was another anonymous complaint saying there was some work being done in the garage. He walked the garage, there was no work being done in the garage, he closed that complaint.
9: Got it, just, just to one further clarification, that I, I think I heard, if I'm hearing you correctly, there was an NOV specifically for the, for the plumbing work done without a permit, and, and if, if that's correct, would that involve a, a public notification or public display of that of some sort, or would that still be, you know, within uh, DBI's website?
5: Uh, no, there's no requirement for public display of the permits. The uh, notice of violation was posted on the front door. Got it. Thank you.
0: President Swick has a question.
1: So the penalty for for not getting a plumbing permit in this case is the is, go get go down get your plumbing permit. And and pay the penalty, the financial penalty for abusing that.
5: Uh, yeah, there was but a that, nine times penalty of the normal fee. So it's normally $148. Costed, uh, one hundred forty eight dollars. This one costed one thousand three hundred thirty nine dollars. Okay. So, um,
1: yeah. So the so the cure. Uh, yeah, the 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 cure here is a is a speeding ticket. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically, and I'm not diminishing the importance of the cure. I'm just creating a metaphor. But uh, so that that typically, in, in, when somebody overlooks the need for a permit, that would be the cure. In this case, it was cured. And the, the resolution here, the best resolution is just finish the job and, and get the heck out of the, the building and get return it to peace and quiet, correct?
5: Uh, correct. Um, there's sort of a distinction between the building permit. They got a building permit allowing for the remodel. Yeah. The electrical and plumbing permits are basically you're paying for the electrical inspector to go out. You're paying for the plumbing inspector right. to come out. So it. The work was authorized. The the actual remodel was authorized under the building permit. The specific inspections have to, for plumbing electrical, they needed to get a permit to authorize those inspections.
1: So do you see any other... Uh, manifest abuses in this in this case other than uh, there may have been perceived to be excess noise there there was a true perception that there was one permit that should have been pulled that it was it wasn't and uh, there was an alleged that that they worked they started too early and worked too late well, um,
0: according just, to, yeah, just to keep us on track, what we're yeah. focusing on now. Did the city intentionally or inadvertently cause the requester to be late in filing the appeal? Yeah.
3: Okay. Any?
1: Oh. Where's your where, Where's your view on on what? Um,
5: um, well, I asked it? our IT department to look to see. They say it's impossible to prove unless they have a screenshot. Our Our evidence seems to say that yes, it was updated online as as it's supposed to be. Okay, thanks.
0: Okay, thank you, I don't see any further questions. Is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. I, I see one hand raised. Suzanne Levine, please go ahead. Hi, um, so I just wanted to
14: express concern as a neighbor who lives next door um, when there was some kind of chemical used in the building, um, it wafted into our building next door, into my apartment. Um, another neighbor in our building was talking about how it wafted into their their um, <clears throat> apartment. There was it was really toxic, um, and uh, I'm health concern. the the long hours, the disregard for the neighbors and the work being done. Um, I just have concern for um, safety. And uh, unfortunately, I, I, um, yeah, I I just feel, sorry, I just feel really concerned that the proper oversight is not happening. Um, And uh, there's a pattern of this. And I just uh, think that uh, I'd like to, see uh, closer oversight um, to ensure safety and proper regulations, notifications. If if the wiring was done inappropriately or something was done, there's no oversight that could cause a fire. Um, Just, you know, our building went through a lot of construction. We went through a lot of the, we went through all the proper permits and all the proper notifications. I just think that there needs to be a neighborly uh you know we're neighbors we're all very close to each other so i wanted to express that concern
0: okay thank you is there any further public comment on this item please raise your hand i don't see any further public comments so commissioners this matter is submitted
1: commissioners, um should we start on the the virtuals commissioner lemberg any questions comment
2: uh sure thing i you know i we have a a statement from uh from council that the permit was not available on the website i have had this problem in the past as well myself uh not with this particular property of course but uh with other properties in the past uh and i don't see any reason not to grant the uh, jurisdiction request. That's my two cents,
1: Mr. Epler. Any comment?
8: Um, yes, uh, you know it. It strikes me that you know, looking at the the scope of this uh, remodel, that the that the um, People that the uh, parties asking for the uh, jurisdictional uh, jurisdiction be granted were on notice that things were going on, that they were in a heightened state, and that they were, you know, as a result of you know some of the background, uh, prepared to, you know, enforce their remedies and uh, you know seek seek to have their interests heard, and so, you know, that. It, That is to say, you know, a long way of saying that, you know, they they were looking for the things that they were supposed to be looking for. They say that they did not find them. And so, you know, I I think that this was not just a cursory look at the DBI website to see what the, um, what was pulled. And so, I think that this helps lead credence to their statement that the um, permit had not been posted
15: at the time at which they looked. CAN ANYBODY HEAR ME? AM I MUTED?
0: I'M SORRY, IT'S NOT TIME FOR YOU. WE'RE IN DELIBERATIONS. THERE'S NO FURTHER COMMENT ALLOWED AT THIS POINT. SO YOU CANNOT SPEAK. OKAY, SO, uh, COMMISSIONER EPLER, ARE YOU FINISHED? YES, I AM. THANK YOU. you. SO. Um,
1: MR. GIVNER, uh, CAN YOU GIVE US ANY FURTHER uh, GUIDANCE ON JURISDICTION Request decision making other than that which um, Ms. Rosenberg gave us.
16: Um, not really. the The board's rules set out the the standard, um, and if the board concludes that the um, that the city caused the the inability to to file an appeal, the board would then, and the board decides to grant jurisdiction, the board would then continue the item or, or allow the, the parties' time, the appellant time, to file an appeal that the board would consider at a future meeting. I understand Mr. Collier's suggesting that that the board could grant the jurisdiction request today and hear the appeal on the underlying building permit today, but that's not an option for the board. Just wanted to clarify that.
1: That is exactly what I want. Thank you for, for that guidance and education. It's education day. Uh, Mr. Trezegna.
7: Uh, Thank you, President Swig. Uh, I I realize all of the issues are coming together, uh, and the the jurisdiction issue is a threshold question for us. Um, As I I hear the representative from DBI, they checked and rechecked as to whether the information was posted on the website. Perhaps it was hard to find, um, but the testimony is it it was on the website. And I'm not really clear on what, even if we granted um, uh, the, juris, the jurisdiction question uh, on, on, in, in support of uh, the, the Bloomfields, what we would be able to do at this point. Uh, there are a lot of issues, and, and, and as, the, as Ms. Levine, the neighbor, the public commenter, mentioned, neighbors, community, communication... Much of that, if not all of that, has been lacking. Well, from what I understand from the from the ninety seven pages that have been submitted uh, by 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 the parties and and, and and by the city and by the oral testimony today, uh, I am frustrated as 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 as, as you know about the, uh, the general lack of communication between neighbors, between members of the community, and the, and the, and oftentimes the the city um, that prompts many of these cases to come before us uh, but what we have is if, if the sole basis for the uh, our taking jurisdiction is a delay uh, because the information was not seen on the website and we've asked the city that the weather was on the website and they've gone back and done the audit and the checking and if, if, that, if that's the, if that's the testimony then I, I don't believe uh, we have the ability or should t- or should take up, uh, this this matter because of the inability of a member of the public to find it on the website, which that is clear they they did not find it. Whether it was there or not is a second question, uh, and 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 secondly, I am also uh, frustrated that especially as you describe, we would have to come back at a, at a, at a later date. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any possible remedy that would that would uh, satisfy or make whole. Uh, the, the the parties that, that that are that are that are appe- uh, the appellants um, that we have any control over, they may have they may have other options. They may have civil court options. They may have small claims options. They may have a lot of options, or they may have none. But I, I don't believe that ultimately uh, we can provide them much relief. And I, I want to be cl- candid and clear with 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 my colleagues and with members of the public. Uh, that uh, for those reasons, I, I don't feel it is appropriate for, for us to take jurisdiction.
1: Uh, Mr. Lopez, do you have any, any comment, or shall we let Mr. Trisvigny take a shot
0: well, at? Commissioner uh, Lemberg has further comments. Oh, yes, for
1: He's the Sorry. Hand. It's it's really, uh, Commissioner Lemberg, I, I apologize. It's very uh, difficult to juggle between sitting here in real life and, and uh, seeing this little tiny screen next to
2: me and looking for the your tiny raised hand sorry no problem and i'll be back in person next meeting um we look forward to it uh i just want to respond to what commissioner trasvenia was saying and I, i i don't actually think it's appropriate to consider the potential um what we might be able to do or what the parties might be able to argue on appeal just for this jurisdiction request i believe that according to the rules of our body that we are only to consider uh, whether there was a city mistake that caused a late filing uh, for this particular um, uh, agenda item. And uh, as I stated earlier, and as Commissioner Epler stated as well, uh, you know, I I think there's sufficient evidence to at least grant jurisdiction over this, whether or not there are, um, whether or not there are potential solutions is not appropriate, because we haven't been briefed on this particular permit yet. Um, We've been briefed on two other permits that we'll be hearing right after this. But that's a separate issue and a separate argument uh, that both of the parties in this matter can, you know, do additional briefing and, and, uh, and do that. So I, I don't think it's appropriate to take all of that into consideration for this jurisdiction request.
0: I believe Commissioner Trezvigna wants to respond. Uh, th-
7: th- thank you. And, and ju- just briefly, I, if I could clarify my comments, are uh, my comments are that hearing the city and hearing the the on uh, on the issue of whether there was any action or inaction by the city that caused the delay, I did not I did not find that there were. And, I'm, and so I am saying, even if uh, but beyond that, I I, I I because we have heard about the about the activities under the permit I, I, I wanted to bring those in but I, I agree I agree with commissioner Lemberg that if the standard is uh, only on the jurisdictional question uh, I would probably differ with him uh, but but I I I I I'm not using the lack of a ultimate uh, outcome solution uh, as the reason for my view on that Okay I would just further comment that we have, this is hearsay versus hearsay.
1: Um, I, I'm not looking at a screenshot that shows me on August 25th or whatever the uh, permit holder, uh, sorry, the appellant uh, or the jurisdiction requester says that there it wasn't on the screen. We don't have a snapshot of that. And then DBI can't give us a snapshot that it was on either. So it's hearsay versus hearsay. It makes it really difficult. Uh, so i'm I am sympathetic both to both my fellow commissioners in that one is one is uh, recognizing the integrity of the uh, of of the city and and the claim that they they make and there through their records and the other the commissioner is recognizing the integrity of the uh, jurisdiction request. Requester, I'm not challenging either of them. All I all I know is it's hearsay versus hearsay, which makes it pretty difficult. So if somebody wants to make a motion, well, Commissioner
0: Epler uh, has further comments. Okay,
1: thank you. I can't I can't say that little hand. Sorry. Uh, and and I, I
8: too uh, we'll we'll be back at our our next meeting. Um, I you 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 kind of got to what I was uh, going to say, President Swig. In as much as Um, The way that I took the DBI's comments on this matter were that um, not that they had just positive evidence that it was posted uh, appropriately on the website, but more that they had no reason to believe that it was not. And so, you know, I take that as, you know, that's evidence they did not find a flaw, but it's also, you know, doesn't does not disprove the contention that was made by the requester. And that's what I'm I'm, seeking to balance as we consider this jurisdictional request.
1: So would somebody like to make a motion so we can find out what the end of the story is going to be tonight? Do we hear uh, Commissioner
3: Commissioner
9: Lemberg has a question?
0: Commissioner Lemberg is raising his hand.
2: Yes, I WAS GOING TO MOVE TO GRANT THE JURISDICTION REQUEST uh, BASED ON uh, AT LEAST a, a, a SUBSTANTIAL POSSIBILITY THAT THERE WAS A CITY ERROR uh, IN POSTING THIS uh, this PERMIT ON THE DBI WEBSITE. Hey, MR. GIVNER, IS THAT ENOUGH?
16: The, IT'S REALLY A JUDGMENT FOR THE BOARD. THE BOARD'S RULES PROVIDE THAT YOU CAN Find that the you can grant the request if you find that the city intentionally or inadvertently caused the requester to be late in the filing. Um, there's not a, a standard uh, of proof or evidence in the rules. That's really a judgment for the board.
1: Okay, so so the motion would be, uh, in your view, legally adequate uh, to take a vote. Yes. Okay, that's that's where I'm getting
0: at. Okay, so we have a motion from Commissioner Lemberg to grant the request on the basis that there's a su- substantial possibility that the city um, was in error and inadvertently caused requesters to be late in filing the appeal. On that motion, Vice President Lopez.
9: Wait, do we do we still hear the the motion even if we have re- requests to speak that are active? I'm sorry. We, do we still vote on the motion if we have requests to, to speak that are active? Oh,
0: oh, I'm sorry. I thought there were <coughs> deliberations were over.
7: So you have a comment, Mr. Trusina? Uh, I, I, I th- thank Thanks. thank you. I do have a comment now that I have heard the motion for the first time. Okay. And uh, after the colloquy between our president and the deputy city attorney, I think we're confusing sympathy with the legal standard. And I, I haven't heard, uh, I, I, I just caution my, my colleagues uh, that, as I have learned from President Swig, every time we uh, adopt uh, a standard or interpret a standard, that's going to be the standard for everybody in, in the future. Uh, and I, I believe, as uh, while I am sympathetic uh, to, to the Bloomfields, I, I don't believe that it is appropriate. Uh, I don't. I don't believe the standard has been met uh, to grant jurisdiction. Uh, Mr. Lopez.
9: Yeah, I think I. I come out in the same place. I think we have, you know, kind of a, an absence of, of hard evidence on on either side, and you know, you one would hope that that our our IT team would be able to produce. An audit trail of of something like this, um, but when it is in this kind of jump ball uh, scenario, I do uh, I'm, I'm inclined to uh, to side with uh, with the city's statement that um, that there's no reason to believe that that there was uh, an issue with with the posting uh, after reviewing that. And I think I'm, I'm also comforted uh, by the fact that uh, this doesn't mean uh, that that uh, that the appellants won't have an opportunity to to present uh, the the substance of of their position on on other items. Um, and so that's in the back of my mind as well. Uh, but that's that's how I'm leaning.
0: Okay, so, Commissioner Lemberg, did you still want to proceed with that motion? It looks like you're not going to get four votes, but.
2: Uh, it's still on the table, so. <laughs>
0: okay, so we have a motion from Commissioner Lemberg to grant the request for the reasons previously stated. On that motion, Vice President Lopez? Nay. Commissioner Trezvina? No. Commissioner Epler? Yes. President Swig? No. Okay, so that motion fails. Is there another motion on the table? It's not necessary, but um, okay. So the re- in effect, the, the request is denied. There was not sufficient votes. So we will now move on to items 7A and 7B. 7A is appeal number 22-068, Margaret Bloomfield and Michael Bloomfield versus Department of Building Inspection, subject property, 524 Lake Street. Appealing the issuance on September 27, 2022 to Greg Germano of an electrical permit. Install electrical outlets and lighting for kitchen remodel and add one outlet and lighting in the bathroom. This is permit number EW2022-0927-6277 and appeal number 22-069 at the Bloomfields versus DBI, again, 524 Lake Street. THE PERMIT WAS ISSUED ON SEPTEMBER 27TH TO GREG GERMANO AT THE PLUMBING PERMIT, KITCHEN AND LAUNDRY REMODEL, NEW GAS FROM METER TO KITCHEN AND LAUNDRY, BATHROOM REMODEL. THIS IS PERMIT NUMBER PP20220927270. AND SO WE WILL HEAR FIRST FROM MR. COLLIER. SINCE YOU HAVE TWO APPEALS, YOU HAVE 14 MINUTES TO ADDRESS THE BOARD.
12: AND THANK YOU. BEFORE WE START, I I WOULD LIKE just uh, my two clients, Mr. and Mrs. Bloomfield, to do the presentation so you hear from them. And we have, um, at least back when I did this a long time ago, we, sometimes the board wanted stuff on the overhead as far as pictures, and sometimes they wanted
3: you
12: physical can show copies, it on the overhead is fine. so we brought both. Well, thank um, you,
0: you can just show it on the overhead. Okay. So. And just let us know when you're ready and we'll start the time. Mr. and Mrs. Bloomfield, you can approach the microphone. Thank you. Welcome. If you could move the microphone down just so we can make sure we hear you. Thank you.
17: Okay, hello, commissioners. Thanks for seeing us tonight. My name is Margaret Bloomfield, or Meg Bloomfield. My husband and I live um, at 526 Lake Street. It's the bottom flat of a three-flat building. We've been there for 37 years, since January, 1987. Gregory and Georgina Germano, who own the building housing those three flats, um, invoked the Ellis Act on May 12, 2022, on the 526 and the 524 units. Although the 522 unit did have a tenant occupying the unit, it was listed as vacant when the Ellis Act was filed. The 524 unit was occupied by Jennifer and Scott Middleton, who vacated their flat July 12, approximately eight weeks before the the 90-day notice was given. So my husband, Mike, and I notified the Germano attorney that we were requesting an extension of termination to May 12, 2023. So we we requested the year's extension, which was accepted by both Germano's. Um, on or about July 30th, the kitchen appliances in the 524 unit were removed by the Germanos handyman, building repair person, Bill Butler, who and his assistant Billy. So that's a picture of the kitchen as it looked without the without the um, you, you, um, stove and, and refrigerator. On. August 12, which we did not know, nor did, was anything posted, um, apparently a permit was issued to remove the old cabinets, replace the new cabinets, countertop, sink, disposal, backsplash. So it was a kitchen remodel. On August 4, without any notice, again, from the Germanos or Bill, demolition started. So they pulled out the whole kitchen um, counters, backsplash, And it was days and days of very long noisy demolition. And they broke a water pipe, so water cascaded down the backsplash um, back behind our wall across the subfloor into our light fixture and on our floor. So we had a flood that we cleaned up. On the 23rd, a completely different crew showed up at 9 AM and started work on the 524 kitchen and bathroom. The kitchen wall was further demoed, and the bathroom tub, sink, and medicine cabinet, and some plaster from the walls were removed and put in the kitchen. And there's a picture of that. Um, no, uh, This one. Yeah. Um, work continued aggressively, so aggressively that it was disruptive to us being able to have a conversation, work with Zoom meetings, or for Mike to conduct business. He's been working out of our dining room since COVID hit on, um, and since the restrictions hit on March 17 of 2020. Um, So this work has continued well into the month of October, and this is construction work, with sawing, severing pipes, sawing through wood, opening holes in the outside of the building and in the floors of the 524 kitchen, right above our kitchen. Um, The water has been shut off twice, some scheduled, some not scheduled. And we discovered that there were no permits issued for the plumbing and electrical work being done or permits issued for the bathroom and the laundry room remodel. The painters started working and came in on August 31st. So <clears throat> at the end of August, we then had painters who worked initially on the top flat and would stay, come in at 7 in the morning and work till 9 or 10 at night or 11. Um, they used sanding machines. They were playing music, which was fine until after 6 o'clock. And they used chemicals, some type of chemical, that came through the building itself at least three times on three different occasions. Um, We notified Gregory Germano those three different times. And on the third complaint, he did reply vaguely that the chemicals were not toxic. We have no idea what was, was in them, but it was certainly. Anyway, fans and odor abatement were never deployed, and it affected our health and living space for days. We were forced to keep our windows open during the day and into the night, overnight, um, just during some of the coldest days of September. The painting crew would park their truck over the driveway on the sidewalk, blocking access to the sidewalk for pedestrians, children, (laughs) anyone. And that's what it looked like every single day with a truck parked across, across the sidewalk. On September 20th, a convergence of trucks, which is the previous picture, um, descended, bringing chaos. Further demolition, hammering, sawing wood, pipes, the loud thumps on the kitchen, and complete demolition was done on the bathroom. And this is what, this is what I saw at 6.30 at night um, after the demolition team, or maybe it was 7 at night. That. Can you see it? There you go. And under that is the bathtub, the sink, and the medicine cabinet. On September, um, on September 23rd, more chaos came. Workers showed up very early. Another converse, conversion of trucks and painters, plumbers, delivery, multiple coils of electrical wiring, which really annoyed me, or not annoyed me, it alarmed me, was, was all going into the 524 flat. I called PG&E to inspect the smart meter that was capped and pulled out from the wall outside in the alleyway. He, he arrived within an hour and told me that it looked as though PG&E had capped that. But then I asked about the wiring running up the side of the building up into the, the top flat that was jerry-rigged from the electrical um, box here and went straight up to the 522 flat to give them extra electricity, apparently. And he said I should contact the Department of Building Inspection. It didn't look safe to him, but it wasn't in his jurisdiction. So um, I did. They told me PG&E can handle complaints about electrical. Um, so multiple complaints were filed that day. The plumbing and electrical permits were issued for 524 Lake Street on 9 22 about four weeks after all the work on the unit for plumbing and gas lines and the bathroom and laundry rooms had started. So those permits were for the bathroom and the laundry room also. On 5-2, on um, September 28, Mike and I had a -a one-and-a-half-hour Zoom conference call which was impossible to to even hear. We had workers all over upstairs just making noise. On the 30th of September, construction started at 8.15. Our water was turned off without notice for over 20 minutes with apologies from Greg who wanted to know if we should reschedule the water turnoff. We responded that yes, we wanted the water restored and did reschedule the water turnoff for the following Monday. On the 1st of October, my cousins arrived from Binghamton. We hadn't seen them and they hadn't come out in in 20 years. So um, due to the intrusive work, we could not enjoy a meal in our dining room until Sunday evening when the workers had gone home early. On Monday, we attempted to have lunch in our dining room. The plumbers were on the ladder outside of our dining room attaching gas lines to the exterior of the building. With drilling, hammering, and cutting pipes again, it was impossible to have a conversation. At 2 o'clock in the afternoon that same day, the painters were now in the 524 unit, and toxic fumes filled the entire flat. So we vacated the flat, took them out to dinner, and then took them to their airport hotel. On the 4th of October, the painters showed up at 9 a.m. to strip and paint the front doors, asking if they could have our door open so they could do that. Mike said, yes, of course. And they left the door open unattended for an hour while they had lunch and I don't know what they were doing. Anyway, so I shut the door and didn't reopen it for them. Um, On the work continued through Saturday the 8th and on the 10th, I know I've got to, okay. At 8.30, the workers showed up and were drilling and sawing more pipe and wood and the building was shaking and then we had more paint fumes. That was the third day on the 10th. So um, Greg responded by asking us what we think we should do would, would be a good course of action for these paint fumes. <clears throat> we didn't respond. We're not his site managers. I don't know. But he certainly probably does, because it's, he's a landlord and owner of multiple tenant-occupied buildings in the city. So all work finally halted at 11.59 a.m. on October 11th. I'm very thankful that the work has ceased. We had two and a half months of intrusive work with no permits posted. Um, We've been San Francisco residents for many years, and we're excellent tenants, and we love our neighborhood. And um, we simply ask that we can live in a peaceful, quiet, clean home, free of the stress that we have been living on since October, since early August. We don't want to live under and within a construction site. So we honor our request that you halt the work. And Michael would like to talk. Yeah.
18: (laughs) Hi, Commissioners. My name is Mike Bloomfield. Um, And... uh, as my wife described, we were um, subject to the Ellis Act, so we have seven, six, seven, six and a half months left. Um, the Middletons were also occupants of 524 Lake Street, and they wrote a letter of support. I'd ask you to read that letter because it describes the conditions that they had to endure under the tenancy of Mr. Germano. Um, I think that this construction experience further evidences his callous disregard for the comfort of his tenants and um, his um, inability to have the compassion to let people live peacefully, okay? So please read that letter. Please read all the letters of support. Um, um, There's been no tangible effort to mitigate all of the effects of this job which far exceeds the scope of the permits that were issued, far exceeds. Um, And there should be some penalty for that. So what we want, and we don't know that it's only going to take one more week to complete this project. We don't know. The landlord has not been as forthright as he could be, and we don't know if his estimate is correct. And if it proves to be incorrect, what remedy will we have? We'll have to go through this again, and by that time, the work will be done, but it might be three, four, five, six more weeks. So, um, I had a lot to say, a lot written. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna skip all that, but I would really appreciate the fact that you read those letters of support, you consider the, the circumstances, and you allow us to live in peace for the rest of our occupancy of 526 Lake Street. We've lived there for 38 years. We contribute to the neighborhood. We're friends all over the neighborhood. And this is not how we want to go out, harassed. So with that, I'm gonna, we have 47 seconds. you want to add anything?
12: Um, Members of the board, I just want to reiterate that the building permit does say is a kitchen remodel, and this what the testimony is is they've remodeled the whole flat, including the bathroom. And again, that um, without the permits um, being obtained, uh, we did, we were unable to appeal appeal a proper <laughs> permit. But um, based on the previous item, but we are appealing these permits, which clearly do talk about a much broader scope I that the owner has never notified the tenants of. And given the history of this particular owner or the other tenants, this particularly with the Middleton unit, I think you can understand why, um, as Commissioner this time. said, there Thank hasn't you. been okay. the communication Thank that you. was necessary.
0: Thank you. We do have a question from Commissioner Lundberg.
2: Thank you. Um, I... It, it's no secret that I am a tenant attorney, and I, I certainly have a lot of sympathy for your story, and I have read the public, uh, the public comments and the, the impact letters from the neighbors. Uh, I've heard you, uh, Mr. and Ms. Bloomfield, uh, very clearly. Um, but unfortunately, what's before us tonight is uh, it appealing the issuance of an electrical permit and a plumbing permit. And so, my, I, I, I definitely have concerns that even if we were to grant that appeal, I don't think it would necessarily fix your problem. Um, and so, I guess I want to ask specifically, what regarding the work described in the plumbing and/or electrical permits is causing specific harm or, or or cause to you? And you know, unfortunately. Um, we voted against uh, hearing the building permit appeal. So we're stuck now with just the electrical and plumbing permits. Um, And so we have to hear, uh, uh, basically, we we can only consider those two permits, and the contents of those two permits. And so my question is, what in those two permits are problematic, uh, and that are out the, the work being performed is outside the scope of what's in those permits?
17: Sure, go ahead,
12: but I, yeah, go Go ahead. ahead. Well, again, we don't know exactly what has been done already, but if the appeal is granted and our request um, for the conditioning the permits on them being completed after um, their occupancy is, is over, then basically any work regarding the kitchen and the bathroom that would still need to be done in order to implement those electrical and plumbing permits would be stopped. Um, I I guess the painting wouldn't be affected technically in in that sense because um, you don't need a permit to do painting. Um, But I think it would essentially stop the work um, and I would hope the permit holder would wait until the tenancies were over before finishing Um, the rest of the work, including whatever would be necessary to do the plumbing and electrical work under the permit.
2: Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. You can be seated. I don't see any further questions. So we will now hear from the permit holder. The permit holder's representative is Mr. Mr. Serrano, are you going to speak or is Mr. Germano going to speak?
15: I'm happy to speak.
0: Okay. Welcome. Please go ahead. You have 14 I, minutes.
15: Well, they talk about my history as a landlord. There's not one blemish on this set of flats, on this address. We've owned the building since 1926. And the Bloomfields rented, yeah, in the 80s. I believe that my family had brought down the rent so they could come in and, and, and occupy it they uh, looked at the flat and it was too expensive. And then my kind hearted family decided to call them back and say, well, you know, we'll bring the price down. And my family has been very fair with them over the years. There's not one complaint, but I see, I had to pay a lot of money for this property and decided I didn't want to live in the city. And I wanted to do something now and get out of it and they're unhappy about it because they're angry about it and uh they want to do anything they can to um stop what i'm doing to create chaos uh yeah the building was very quiet for all those years as you could see from the photos uh the kitchen uh, was completely almost original there was just one set of lower cabinets uh, the bathroom had a clawfoot tub as far as I know that 's going back in. Uh, we were going to change the vanity and add a plug when you say the whole flat is being remodeled no no these are three separate flats with three separate entrances, full floor detached buildings so when Miss Levine says that you know these odors were coming in i don 't know has she never been around uh, uh, paint um, there, there's not even an, an HVAC unit in the building to create, uh, you know, to, to run uh, duct work and, and things that might, that might spread uh, uh, odors. Uh, the, the units are completely cut off from one another. They're about, the building is about 5,600 square feet, 1,800 square feet a unit. The kitchen is in the back. That's the only room where work was going on. Other than that, yeah, the painting is taking a while. Lath and plaster, cove ceilings, a lot of woodwork, and it, it takes work to do that painting. Now, I, I've seen pictures of trucks in the, on the sidewalk and so forth. Well, I can't imagine that that happened every day, and I can't imagine that it happened very long, because, as you know, uh, parking enforcement is going to ticket when they see a sidewalk blocked. Um, this this being uh, the permits for electrical and plumbing, my understanding was these have been signed off. I mean, we're, we're really done. It was just the kitchen and, uh, and, and changing the vanity and adding an outlet in the bathroom. The rest of it is all paint. There, I, I, when when uh, Alex says we'll be done in a week, he's probably not far from, from the truth. And, and regarding this flood, all this drama, all of this drama that, you know, sure, the people that owned it and, you know, my, my family, they'd be over 100 years old now. And, and everything was very quiet. And, uh, you know, now I'm making some changes. And, and, and they're very upset about it. But, you know, remodels happen around the city. We didn't do anything structurally. We made no alterations. We're talking about replacing in a kitchen cabinets, sink. We're not even moving the drain. I mean, everything's practically going on the same wall, 1,800-square-foot uh, flats that are uh, completely separate. Uh, they talk about a flood. Okay, that flood was solved under an hour with paper towels. That's what I'm told. So all this drama is, you know, is, is based on the Ellis Act. It's not based on anything in fact. Uh, paper towels, you know, that's not a flood. Uh Let's see. No oh, heavy demo, all the wording that they've used, the you know, bringing their attorney in and, and all this is, is a lot of drama. I mean, they, they want to sit there in a building that 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 is is completely uh, uh, quiet. Now, it's it's not reasonable. This whole thing is not reasonable. What little I'm doing has been doing is done with permits, it's done legally, it's been inspected. They emailed me quite a bit. As a matter of fact, I, I don't live in San Francisco. When I did talk to the painter, and I tried to limit the hours and everything, it's only the painter that would be there after hours. Plumbers and electricians are not there until 10 o'clock at night and so forth. Um, the painter thought they were the owners. So they throw their weight around. Um, I, I can give you other in- instances of how they, you know, Act like the owners of the building and, and do things around the building the tenants shouldn't do, but I, I won't bother. Uh, the painter actually thought they were the owners. I said, no, no, I'm the one that pays you. You know, I'm the one that zels you. Um, it's just unreasonable at this point, especially when we're almost finished. And it's such a minor project. When he, they say the word project, we're replacing cabinets. Where we're the sink, the drain doesn't move. The sink goes in the same place. Um, the bathroom gets a new vanity. It's a, it's a separate, you know, commode and 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 there's the the tub and 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 sure we're replacing some flooring. Uh, well, we we took up the vinyl in the kitchen, and and that's just going to the subfloor will be refinished. Um, the bathroom i'd like to put some tile on the floors uh and and you know replace the vanity i mean it was such a lightweight project they talk about me owning multiple units no come on i mean i this is this is all being blown out of proportion because they're unhappy that i need to make a change i've been pretty much forced to do this ellis act i've been pretty much given no choice um so That, you know, I understand they've been there for 37 years, but my grandfather bought the building. I bought the building. They are just renting. They they want everything their way. And uh, I'm afraid, you know, this is, these are the little things that I'm doing. And they emailed me all the time and I knew what they were setting me up for. Every time they emailed emailed me, I responded. I called the appropriate people. We did try to mitigate any smell. This is a completely detached building. I don't know what the, you know. They're in, they're getting neighbors to come just to you know just to try to make their case, which is you know not a case. And uh, we did uh, the painter did bring in fans, and we didn't know if we should open the windows, close the windows. We didn't know what would you know. I read all this drama in the brief. This this huge long brief from this uh, t- from Collier, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Bloomfield's. You know, his eyes are watering, his nose is up, his lungs are collapsing. Paint, store-bought paint. I mean, really? I mean, let's move on. I mean, that, we're, we're done. I mean, if there was anything else to do that the city required, we would have done it. It's been signed off. I, I don't know what more to say except that these tenants are trying to create a problem where there isn't a problem. And they live in a separate flat that's not been touched except for that epic flood that was solved with paper towels so i think we you know i just have very angry tenants that have been there for all these years and there's never been a complaint from them before check the rent board check anything uh they've had 37 peaceful years there and um, i bought the place in 2017 and I, i basically just had my hands tied and had to do this with the ellis and they're just unhappy about it and i'm sorry I think that's, uh, if Alex wants to say anything, I think Alex would just say that he's done everything he's need to do that the city's required. And by the way, I'm a native San Franciscan. I lived there for a long time, most of my life. And I'm taking care of my mom down in the desert in Southern California. And uh, that's why I'm not there. And uh, I was going to come back, but I think that it's, um, I don't think I will now. So if Alex wants to add anything, I think he's just done everything legal. So. It's very minor stuff.
0: Thank you. Alex, did you want to add anything? You have about five minutes. Anything to add? If you could approach the microphone, please.
13: I'd say uh, everything, but all I want to say is that I I conduct my business very respectful for the the tenants. I don't have any issue with them. Every time I show up, I try to be respectful, and I understand that. Uh, construction, could be noisy at the times when you start with a demo all over the demo, but we, you know, such a small pipe, you know, probably one day or two days, the most for the demo that was noisy. And when the guys were working, you know, bringing the uh, the gas line up to the kitchen, but, that, you know, that was one of the loudest days, I guess. But, you know, for the most part, I, you know, I don't have any, I just try to conduct my business respectfully and get it done and go out to the next one.
0: Okay, thank you. thank you. So Mr. Germano, are you finished? We have a Well, quick...
13: yeah, sorry, I go. mean basically
15: there's a difference between renting and owning. And you know, this business about Mr. Bloomfield being so ill from all of this, as I understand from people that come and go there, he's golfing and he's biking every single day. And uh, you know, I think that they they just thought that they could live there at at as as they stated this low rate of rent forever and ever and um you know that's not what happens when you rent. They had a good run at thirty seven years and I've had to make you know I have to make this change in my life with this property that my family has held on to for almost a hundred years so i you know I'm sorry for them, but um no nobody has um force them to rent and nobody has forced them not to purchase their own house somewhere where they could uh act like the owners the way they've been acting around
2: my property
0: okay thank you we do have a question from commissioner lemberg
2: i do Um, and i honestly wasn't going to ask this question uh but since you brought it up in your argument mr germano i am going to ask this question and that question is um, since you had already known that there was a date certain by which these tenants were going to be vacating uh, the tenants above and below, because it sounds like there's two other units um, in the building and the one in the middle is the one that's uh, receiving the, uh, the construction here. Uh, is there a reason that there had to be months worth of construction, even though by your own admission there had not been any work done on the property in many years while the tenants were still vacating there even though, though they had a, a date certain by which they were vacating in may
15: oh is it certain i'm not told that it's certain
2: well i i, I,
15: I think uh, i think if they choose not to there's an unlawful detainer you're a tenant attorney you know it can drag out they can take me to court i don't doubt that they will i made them a generous offer which is off going to be off the table and they want to fight They just are angry, and they're being unreasonable. And uh, to wait—I mean, really, how long do you wait? I mean, we're we're talking. We should be talking about permits, the legitimacy of the permits, legality of the permits. Not talking about the Ellis Act and the tenants' feelings, and you know, should I wait until after they've chosen to leave? And that seems out of uh, out of the scope of what we should be talking about. And I'm, I'm completely sympathetic. I didn't want to do this. I've owned the place for five years. I, and before that I was on title and, and I've been part of the family the whole time. I, I you know, I, it, I've pretty much been forced to do it. That, to get out.
2: <laughs> are, are you gonna answer the question or no?
15: The question of why, why do it now? It's, an, it's, it's really a very light remodel. This is a lot of drama about replacing kitchen cabinets, a sink, a disposal, uh, installing a dishwasher, putting in a new vanity and a light switch. The paint, I think, aggravated them the most. The smell of paint, uh, all the woodwork, all of the sanding you have to do on plaster plaster walls and ceilings when they've cracked, and, and, uh, and they're coved. It's an Edwardian. Um, I painted the unit myself over the years. Um, before they ever lived there. Uh, so your question would be, why wouldn't I wait? Why would I? Why? How's, this, how's remodeling the kitchen? And we call it remodel. Remodel to me means a little more than what I'm doing. I'm, I'm replacing cabinets, a wall of cabinets. I mean, really, that, there, there's no walls that are being moved, no interior alterations, no structural alterations, nothing significant. Just like the flood, Moses parted the Red Sea with paper towels. Uh,
0: Has he answered your question, Commissioner Or Are we ready to move on?
2: But I don't expect that he will.
0: Okay, thank you. So we're going to move on. And we, I'm assuming planning department does not want to weigh in on this. So we will hear from the department building inspection. Thank you. Mr. Green, you have 14 minutes.
5: I won't need 14 minutes, thank you. Uh, Matthew Green, uh, representing the Department of Building Inspection again, Um, both these permits, the plumbing permit and the electrical permit are associated with the building permit we heard the jurisdiction request to previously. Uh, Both permits were issued on September 27th. It's it's important to note that they are required for the scope of work being done. Uh, The plumbing permit was um, obtained after a notice of violation was issued, Um, the electrical permit Uh, Does not have a notice of violation associated with it. Uh, The work has proceeded. Uh, Both permits had their rough frame or the rough in inspections on October 4th. They both passed it on the first try. Um, I would say that the only work remaining or the only inspections remaining on these would be a gas test on the plumbing and the final inspections once all the fixtures are installed. Um, I'm sympathetic to the appellants here. I'm also sympathetic to the contractor and the owner. Um, but I don't think these permits were issued um, improperly. Um, I recommend that you keep them in place and uh, allow them to finish their working and paying their final inspection. I'm available for any questions you may have.
0: President Swig.
1: You've heard the question before, so the the electrical permit uh, was issued properly uh, and the construction has adhered to that permit,
5: correct? Correct. They passed their rough frame inspection, October fourth,
1: and the plumbing permit there was uh, was overlooked. Dbi um, uh, rescued that, that overlook, and 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 got the contractor to get the permit issued properly. And the accountability, the fine, was the accountability for that overlook. I could get my mom a I'm
0: sorry. Please, you can't interrupt.
1: And so, so the, the 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 plumbing permit ultimately was issued, albeit late, and the 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 price for albeit late was uh, the fine. Correct. Correct. And uh, other than that, have you seen any other abuses or uh, excesses beyond the scope of the permits issued?
5: I would just like to clarify that both permits were obtained late. Uh, it's just that they were able to get the electrical permit prior to a notice of violation being issued, so there was no need for a notice of violation. I got it. Uh, other than that, they have passed the inspections. The work is being done to code.
1: And have there been any other abuses that you have, uh, uh, you or your staff on DBI have observed in this program?
5: Uh, no, under the building permit, there was two separate building inspectors who did the inspections. They passed both inspections. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. I don't see any further questions.
18: Commissioner Lomberg has a question.
0: He put his hand down. Commissioner Lemberg, no do you mind. still want to ask I a question? I did.
2: That was very similar to President Swig's question.
0: Okay. So you don't have it anymore. Thank you. Thank you. So we will now move on to public comment. If there's anyone here to provide public comment, please raise your hand. Okay. Suzanne Levine, please go ahead.
14: Hi, um, commissioners, and uh, Thank you for allowing me to speak again. Um, I actually wasn't planning on speaking uh, but when I heard Mr. Germano question my integrity um, for um, stating our experience in the building next door and him not being able to understand that that was an actual thing that has happened um, I felt like it was important for me to um, to, to state um, that this was a factual situation and um, this is not made up. Um, I don't have any investment investment with um, my neighbors of them staying other than they're, they've been great neighbors, but, you know, I'm not close with them. Um, I do have chemical sensitivities. I am affected by this. Um, I, I just am really saddened that he made those statements, and I just wanted to set the record straight that um, I have no reason to lie. I have no reason to um, make anything up. And um, I'm just really disappointed. Uh, I remember, I think it was uh, his uncle, um, You know, having many beautiful conversations with him and talking with him about the neighborhood, learning about the building, learning about the building that I lived in and the building that was there before our building was built nearly 100 years ago. I mean, he was just a really uh, uh, it was he was part of the community and a really um, gentle man. So um, I'm really sorry that it has come to this. It's it is very sad and wanted to make that statement. So thank you.
0: Okay, thank you. Is there any further public comment? Please raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any so we'll move on to rebuttal and Mr. Collier, you have six minutes.
12: Um, Thank you, uh, members of the board. Um, Just a couple of points I wanted to make. Um, First of all, and it's noted in our brief, that the Ellis Act specifically says that when you grant the one-year extension, you're not supposed to tear the building down around the tenants while they're living their last year there. That is the specific requirement of the act that was imposed when they amended the act to allow for the one-year extension. And there's a case on point, um, the Halali versus um, Allen case that's cited in the brief. Um, So this is exactly what the act is meant to do, is to say, if you want to go out of the rental business and you have tenants who are entitled to a one-year extension, senior and disabled tenants, then you're supposed to let them live there for a year without interruption, without disruption. And that's exactly um, the opposite of what um, has happened here. And so I think it's very important that this board make that um, policy clear in San Francisco that we're not gonna let um, people invoking the Ellis Act just tear a building down around their tenants. And it's very, and okay, I guess maybe I'm exaggerating, but doing major remodeling that disrupts um, the, the tenancy and the remainder of the term. Um, and also, you're rewarding someone who didn't um, get the electrical and plumbing permits by saying, hey, well, everything's done by the time they got their permit because they did it all without the permit first. And so basically, you're saying, you know, if we don't, if we allow or deny the appeal, and we're denying it because the permit holder has done all the work already and there's not much to, Left to be done. Well, that's because he's done the work before he ever got the permit, and so you're rewarding someone again for not complying with the permit requirement. Now I'm going to turn it over to um, Ms. Bloomfield to talk about the uh, flooding.
17: Um, a couple things: the the water that came down was at least three gallons of water. I know that's not a flood. I know that it wasn't, but but it wasn't a couple of paper towels that cleaned it up. And Billy did help me do that. He came down with towels, and we mopped up the floor. My husband took down the light fixture that's this shape, and it was filled with water from, from the, anyway. That was, so it was like a waterfall. Um, and two, um, we, we've lived there 30 plus years. We have painted the flat. We've painted every single room for these past 30 years. I've never had odor like that through the flat. We've redone the floor. We have have totally maintained that place. We had a lovely, wonderful relationship with his dad, his uncle, and his aunt, the three people who were actually living on the third floor when we moved in. We never had a problem. All of this started, all of the contentious relationships started when Georgina and Gregory Germano bought the building, and it started about six months after they bought it. But that's, that's another story. It doesn't matter. We have totally been excellent tenants. My parents had a gas line through, through a contractor put in so we could have a dryer 30 years ago so we could dry our baby's clothes. I mean, we've been really responsible tenants. Tom and I built a garden in the back, so it's beautiful. It was enjoyed by multiple people. We're not not looking to, anyway. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you very much. It still
18: is a beautiful garden.
17: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you. You have about two minutes. Did you have anything further, Mr. Collier, or? If not, that's fine. You don't have to use it. I, I don't
12: think so. I think we've said
17: okay. what we need to say thank you. We have a couple yeah. questions Please. though. Oh, I'm I sorry. Said, Go ahead. I, yeah, I wanted you to read. My 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 cousin wrote a letter. Two of at least two neighbors wrote a letter. I think a third one did, who lives on the other side. I mean, this disruption hasn't just been a few people. It it was entirely. I was surprised that people could smell the fumes. I had no idea that that was beyond our scope, but, but this, it's, it's an old building. I know that, I know it's an old building, but it's still been livable. We lived with the Middletons for 14 years. No problem, no problem with, with construction. So I'm just saying, we're well aware of it, and we've left it, so is, thank you. This is
18: much more than a small cabinet being, yeah. being removed,
0: okay. much more, thank you. Thank you, we do have a couple questions for you, first from Commissioner Trisvenia, then President Swig.
7: are directly directed to mr. Collier okay uh, on the question of the L- Ellis Act, is it your legal view that this board has the ability to address Ellis Act either violations or, or or retaliation under the Ellis Act? Well I think the board does have very
12: broad discretion and it's cited in the brief to um, deal with permits that impact the general welfare. And I think when you deal with this permit in the context of the Ellis Act eviction, that general, the standard for the general welfare includes what the act says, which is that you shouldn't be causing disturbance during the, the, the year extension period. So I think there's no problem for this board to be cognizant of that and to exercise their discretion in light of it. Similarly, the board could not say, well, you're gonna to have to withdraw the Ellis Act before we grant you a permit. That would clearly be a violation of the Ellis Act to do that. So you, you have to be cognizant that the Ellis Act creates certain parameters, but I don't think you have to limit them simply to um, not, not penalizing the owner for invoking the act, but I think you also can say comes with the act, the requirement that he comply with it, and we're recognizing that um, this is out of compliance with the act and therefore we wanna limit the work until the year extension is expired.
7: And is there any judicial body that has the ability to hear violations of the Ellis Act other than the Board of Appeals?
12: Well, I I mean, a superior court could do it uh, if, if a lawsuit was brought. I mean it could be I suppose we could bring
7: a lawsuit for an injunction. Okay. And is it your legal view that the examples that we've heard this this evening of trucks blocking the 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 driveway of late night and early morning uh, construction or renovations being done, or failure to Uh, respond to complaints of a flood or toxic fumes that those as examples those type of activities are sufficient to nullify a properly granted uh, permit
12: well yes we're not and, and we're not actually asking that the permit be nullified but simply that it be conditioned on that the work not continue until after they vacate. So I believe that is, you you have that discretion and that power, that ability to do it. I mean, other boards before this board, um, the other boards of appeals have done similar things. Thank you. (laughs) President Swig. Uh,
1: I'm going to direct the, your same question to our city attorney, because the issue, I'd I like some clarification here. I'm, I'm invoking the the ghost of Ann Lazarus, uh, and Ann Lazarus said, stay to the task of what is in front of us as opposed to getting into things that are not in front of us. And so w- with that, uh, I need the city attorney to... Play some referee on the Ellis Act issue. We are here to, uh, based on an appeal related to two permits, uh, which are which are being challenged. Um, and my question to you is: the Ellis Act something that we this board is is a. a <clears throat> any action towards these two permits should any action related to these two permits take into consideration anything related to the Ellis Act as I fear that this is
16: out of our jurisdiction that is the Ellis Act Sure, deputy city attorney John Gibner again um, the the Board of Appeals doesn't have jurisdiction to adjudicate Disputes under the Ellis Act as to whether a, a landlord is complying with the Act, you have jurisdiction to consider the permit, and that does include the impact of the permit on the property and its inhabitants and and residents. But that is a different a different question than whether the landlord is complying with the Ellis Act.
1: So the testimony that I think I just heard. Uh, is that council said under the Ellis act there is a requirement not to disturb the property of that tenant uh, who has invo- who is going through the process of being Ellis acted sorry of using it that as a verb um, and 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 s- that's the line I'm should 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 so in fact, he's doing what we can't do. What he's asking—he's asking us to uh, to cease these permits and condition these permits based on the Ellis Act. And in fact, that's a whole different jurisdiction from what I'm hearing you say that we cannot do that.
16: That's right. If the the board does have jurisdiction to to grant the appeal, if you. Uh, make findings that the that the permit should be should be denied or nullified, but if you are going down that road, the board should not base that determine that decision uh, on a finding that the the construction violates the Ellis Act. Yeah, that that as as Mr. Collier said, that would be an appropriate determination potentially for the Superior Court, but the Board of Appeals uh, doesn't have jurisdiction to make its decision based on the Ellis Act violation.
1: And, and we have had, just to make it clear, we have had cases in here before. I can't remember the address, but there was a family that was the last family standing in an apartment and the landlord uh, was misbehaving and was working from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. Uh, leaving public doors doors to the for public access open, doing all sorts of things as I recall, and we took action on those abuses. But we separated it from another action that was a separate dispute between that family and the landlord. So is that a, is that a am I drawing a
16: the, the proper
1: juxtaposition.
16: Yes, I think so. The 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 board could could uh, could could grant the relief that the appellants are seeking, yeah. but not because not based on a violation of the Ellis Act, but for the reasons that that you've described.
1: Mr. And can we grant relief beyond uh, what is in the statutes of the city, which Mr. Green may be able to comment on? which is reasonable time uh, to do the work. I, I think, what is it, 70, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m.? Or I don't know what it is. That's why I'm going to ask him to opine on it. Or, Or, uh, uh, you know, there are restrictions that, that contractors have uh, so as not to disturb tenants regardless of whether there's an Ellis Act involved or not. And so we could grant a relief based on those statutes. That's correct. Okay, thank you. all i have
0: okay so we will now hear from the permit holder mr germano you have six minutes mr germano are you okay yes
15: thank you well what i'm this whole affair is really based on the ellis and uh, i'm sorry that they cannot handle any change at all uh, that they wanted everything to stay as it was with my dad and my aunt and my uncle, who would be over, all over 100 years old. And um, Steve Collier has said, major remodel. It's not a major remodel. And I think that's why they're, they're trying to weaponize. This whole thing has been about weapon. The appellants, the Bloomfields are there all day long. And they're they're trying to record anything that may look unappealing, and and you know trucks on the sidewalk, a pile of trash in the kitchen. They're they're trying to they're they're trying to make a case. I don't have any you know I'm not there with you. I don't have any photos or anything like that. But there have been no abuses. I think the only uh, contractor that worked after hours, and, and we're talking about we're still within the hours that are allowable by law are the painters, just the painters. And yeah, maybe they played some music, but this is a a 5,600 square foot set of flats over garage. That's totally detached. Uh, it's a very solidly built when they say that things were rattling and shaking. I don't understand that. This is a built of old growth, redwood and it's really solid and it's really original. And, uh, it's not a major remodel. I think if um, it was a major remodel and we were demoing and ad- doing additions and, and, and you know, really affecting their habitability, I think that Mr. Collier would have brought a, a lawsuit in Superior Court. Uh, I, I think they're, they're trying to to go around and, and go through, you know, trying to get you as the Board of Appeals to, 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 to set me back in what I'm doing uh, just because... Uh, they don't like what I'm doing, and they want to live there like they've always lived there with my aunt, my you know, uncle, and my dad. And uh, you know, and they're, they're 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 they were setting me up all along. I knew by the emails that came in, their phrases that they were using that they were sort of being coached. Uh, the only remodel that's done, and you can call it remodel, it's really to me not really a remodel. Uh, it, it's it's more of a just a replacement of of. Kitchen cabinets, countertops—it um, was all along one wall, as you could see when they showed you a picture of the kitchen. It was all along along one wall. Uh, we, we didn't move. We didn't move anything. It's basically this: what was there, uh, and uh, there have been no abuses. You 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 saw in the brief where a flood from a burst pipe. Well. Uh, You know it it, paper towels is i don't know if billy came down with a towel i was told by his dad that it was just uh paper towels that did it and and that's that's sort of representative of what they're doing they're they're exaggerating they're creating a lot of drama, and uh i think it's very much within the the normal uh, you know a six-room flat we're talking about the kitchen at the rear and uh, we're talking about a bathroom a single bath uh I, they, they don't want any noise. They don't want uh, any disruption. Uh, they've come to like it uh, very quiet, and I'm sure they've made friends in the neighborhood and so forth. But what I'm doing is very light, uh, and I'm sure it falls within uh, the guidelines of the Ellis. What little I'm doing, I never expect it to be brought before the Board of Appeals for what, for what little I'm doing inside of a flat. 18 1800 square foot flat in 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 the kitchen and and in the bath it's, it's just un, unthinkable that they want to stop this and and that they're they're trying they're, the, the whole motivation is to get you to do something uh, to you know because of the Ellis act and it's it's not fair uh, that's that's really all I can say is there's no abuses no everything they've everything they've emailed me about. I, I've called the parties immediately. And I, I, start, I, I said to them by email, stop emailing me, text me, call me, and I'll jump on it as soon as possible. But they really don't want to do that. They want to write emails that sort of set me up like, oh, this is hellish. This is torture. Uh, you know, this toxic fumes. Well, I, everything just came from a store uh, to paint. I mean, a paint store. I I don't know what we we, we don't have. We're not, we don't have a meth lab on the property. So I really don't understand. I I do understand the Bloomfields and their attorney are trying to just stop me from doing anything and uh, sort of create chaos and and so that they can, um, as, as retaliation for this Ellis Act, that's that's all I can say. Just trying to weaponize the board of appeals.
0: Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Trzsvinia. Uh,
7: Mr. Germano, uh, thank you for your, your testimony. Uh, you have repeatedly described the the, uh, the Bloomfield's uh, description of what has of of the work as it in as exaggerations. At the same time. If it's replacing some cabinets and doing some work in the bathroom, to me, it sounds like it's taking a really long time. And I'm wondering, can you educate me and perhaps my colleagues as to when the work started and how long it's taken? And can you encapsulate? Well, I won't ask ask you to further describe the work. I think you've described it as you're going to describe it. But can you tell me how long it has taken to get to the point where? um, it is now well we started painting
15: the top floor and you know they just don't like any disruption whatsoever they're not accustomed to any noise they're not accustomed to any work being done and uh, the units are just all woodwork and plaster and coat ceilings and we st- we, we paint it, and uh, that that started. Uh, I, I don't even know when. Uh, and you know, this stuff tends to drag out, but this is within reason. I mean, what what they're what we've been doing is not beyond anything I've mentioned. Uh, and the uh, maybe uh, Alex would be able to talk more about the painting, but the painting has seemed to really irritate them. But again, this is. These are 1,800-square-foot flats that are totally detached with windows on all sides. And when we opened, as they were, you know, when I asked them, what would you suggest I do? We're painting. Uh, They said fans. And so we got fans right away, and we opened the windows. And uh, I think this is mostly completed. uh, But, uh, you know, except for, I guess, bringing in appliances and fixtures and the countertop to to go in. Uh, but this, this is just totally unreasonable and the way it's characterized I, the, the, that horrific brief was completely exaggerated and embellished and, and, and full of lies. And I, all I can say is Mrs. Bloomfield herself told you what kind of
7: flood it was.
0: Okay, sir, was I think the flood. question was how long did the work take? Are you satisfied that you? Uh,
7: I, I, I think Mr. Toronto's uh, answer is the best okay. that he can. Thank okay, you.
0: so we're going to move on to Department of Building Inspection.
5: Uh, good evening again. Uh, Matthew Green, Department of Building Inspection. Uh, construction is allowed uh, between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m., seven days a week uh, at any um, uh, noise level. Af- after those hours, you can um, you can still work, but the noise level has to remain below five decibels. Um, it's not um, apropos here, but you can get a night noise permit for excessive noise after hours. Um, I'd just like to point out, if the board does decide to um, revoke these... Revoke these permits. We do have plumbing, and electrical work that has been installed and um, inspected that would require a, a permit. So, I would encourage you not to revoke these permits and let them stand and allow them to be finished. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We have a question from Vice President Lopez.
9: Thanks. Uh, I, my question is about um, whether whether the Ellis Act uh plays into your your permit uh approval or disbursement process. We 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 heard earlier this evening in in planning's uh helpful presentation about ED, ADUs for example that uh that there's an eviction check essentially over uh legalization uh, as part of a legalization process, right? With in that context, is there is there anything analogous to that uh, to this point, uh, you know, related to a, a lack of disturbance of of tenants during this extension period under the Ellis Act? Um, not in
5: the building code. There's nothing about the Ellis Act, so no.
9: Got it. So that that doesn't play into your permit approval process at all. And uh, not at all. Not at all. No. Got it. Thanks.
0: Okay, President Swig.
1: So, um, 7 a.m., 8 p.m.?
5: Seven days a week.
1: Seven days a week. I had to jackhammer a tile floor right above a tenant, which makes a ton of noise. That's okay?
5: Uh, Unfortunately, during the construction hours, yes, it is.
1: And so but the 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 so the law protects the noise the law protects the interruption to peace and quiet of what could be a tenant or could be a condo owner down below it doesn't doesn't matter uh, correct correct yeah. All right and so the only thing that may be abusive here is can be uh, i'm I'm not accusing Mr. Germano of this, but in in a macro sense, uh, rudeness, lack of empathy, <laughs> lack of compassion, and just dis- blatant disregard for somebody's peace and quiet. But that's about that that's about it. but there's nothing in the statutes that that would deny a permit or or force the uh, condition that would say stop the work and, and uh, until our peace and quiet can be uh, restored?
5: I, I don't believe so.
1: Right, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I don't wanna distort that, but I just wanna really, it's, it's, it's about your statutes, it's about the law, that's what we have to, and there's nothing Ellis Act involved with it either, as you stated, correct?
5: Not with any plumbing or electrical permits. Okay,
1: thank you.
0: Thank you. So commissioners this matter submitted and we have to have two separate votes, one on the electrical permit and one on the plumbing permit.
1: Okay. Uh, Why don't we start, uh, Mr. Lemberg or Commissioner Lemberg, do you have any uh, comments on this?
2: Um, Yes, I have lots, but I'll keep most of them to myself. I unfortunately think our hands are kind of tied with these particular permits. It's not to say I don't think the appellants here have any um, have any potential recourse here. I just don't think it's through us through these appeals of these particular permits. Um, And I also don't think that uh, withdraw that getting rid of these two specific permits, the electrical and the plumbing would really um, ACCOMPLISH THE GOALS THAT THE TENANTS ARE, are SEEKING. Um, SO, AGAIN, I I, I DO uh, SINCERELY FEEL FOR THESE TENANTS AND THEIR NEIGHBORS AS WELL. I JUST DON'T THINK THAT THIS APPEAL IS THE RIGHT WAY TO DO IT. I DON'T THINK WE I, I DON'T THINK WE HAVE THE EVIDENCE TO s- SHOW THAT THE THESE PERMITS WERE NOT PROPERLY ISSUED. I JUST DON'T SEE IT. AND uh, IF if there was even a glimpse of it, I would be very inclined to grant the appeals. but uh, there just there just isn't unfortunately. and and you know, I think what Mr. Green has shared is is very valid and I just uh, you know I, I I wish the best for these tenants and their neighbors, um, I just I, I I I couldn't support a motion to to grant the appeals, unfortunately, unless some of my colleagues have uh, something spectacular that I uh, haven't thought of yet.
1: Thank you, uh, Commissioner Eppler.
8: Yes, uh, thank you. And you know, unfortunately, Commissioner uh, Lindbergh, I I was hoping that as the, the tenant rights attorney, you you'd have the the spectacular thing um, for us to consider. Um, I, I think I'll say maybe a little bit more because I have a lot to say and I'm going to have to self edit myself. Um, I hope that even though that I am a mere tenant, um, I'm allowed to say them and it has by being a tenant myself, but I don't know. That's been undercut as validity um, in the course of our discussion today. But I, I, I just want to apologize to the Bloomfields that they're having to go through this process. Um, I understand that landlord and tenant relationships can get contentious from time to time, but I am struck by the number of people who do not live in this building that have commented and provided public um, support to what the Bloomfields have alleged. Um, they don't have to do this. They're only buying trouble. They're only buying as the one public commenter had their own names being damaged or besmirched as part of this process. and. Um, you know, I don't find a lot of people going out looking for trouble for nothing. Um, and so, no, I, I, I do feel bad that, that these tenants in their remaining days, as is their right to have under our law, are having to go through this. However, I do agree that um, both in terms of what remedy we can give, uh, that remedy is woefully inadequate, just... Uh, overturning the the permits and i don't see the the cause for us to do that on the basis of this i do hope that the tenants with these administrative remedies exhausted um you know find it possible to go to the legal remedies that may otherwise exist in this case thank you
1: i'm going to go back to commissioner lumber because his hands raised and I want to go through the panel.
2: I I do. I just I uh, was inspired by Commissioner Epler's comments, and uh, I will just add, you know, I I think if if this course of conduct, as described by the Bloomfields and their neighbors, continues, I think there, you know, I I think there's plenty of room for a potential court injunction. I think that uh, Section 37.10B would be a great remedy for this. I just, um, you know, I, again, it, it just boils down to, to this. I, I've dealt with many, many cases <laughs> very similar to this one, uh, although uh, the Act tends to be uh, handled in the very capable hands of Mr. Collier. Uh, in San Francisco as he is the uh, the city's foremost expert on the Ellis Act um, but I I, I definitely I, I think there's room and I, I I think there's ways to ensure that the tenants remain uh, adequately housed and with minimal disruptions to their lives through the end of their tenancy whenever that may be um, but uh, yeah again I just I, I just can't as far as what's before us tonight, I just can't do it. But I, you know, kudos to you to the to the Bloomfields for have, a having to go through all this and b, uh, you know, trying this rem- this avenue, trying this remedy. I don't think it's going to work out. But I, you know, I, I strongly encourage you to uh, to seek other remedies that may be available to you.
1: Thank you. Uh mr lopez commissioner lopez thoughts yeah i mean i
9: have to i have to echo uh the comments of my fellow commissioners uh you know I'm very sympathetic uh to our appellants uh you know based on what's been presented uh i don't think i would want to live there during this period and so you know i'm i'm really sorry that that you're going through this uh, I think as has been mentioned uh there there definitely appears to be something here but this doesn't appear to be the forum uh, for uh for your remedies that you're seeking and um and yeah I think I think you know back to the the kind of uh you know long shot question that that, that I asked the DBI earlier I think that is something that that we should pursue. I know it's outside of the scope of of this decision, but um, but I do think that there should be an Ellis Act check of some sort uh, for for matters such as this. Uh, and we saw that it's in effect uh, essentially within within planning in other contexts. I think it makes sense in these cases as well. Uh, but but just based on you know we we have such a narrow uh, QUESTION to, TO FOCUS ON AND uh, WITHIN THOSE BOUNDARIES, YOU KNOW, AS WAS EXPRESSED BY uh, MR. GREEN, uh, DBI DID, YOU KNOW, ISSUE THE, the PERMITS APPROPRIATELY. Uh, YOU KNOW, the, THE WORK THAT WAS DONE OUTSIDE OF THE SCOPE OF THE PERMITS, uh, YOU KNOW, THE PENALTY FOR THAT HAS ALREADY BEEN ASSESSED. Uh, THAT WAS the, THE, YOU KNOW, FOUR-FIGURE uh, FINE uh, which, you know, given the the size of uh, of the the, the damages uh, being experienced, seems small to me, but that's what's on the books. And so what we're left with is some, some permits that appear to be properly issued. And so all that is to say, you know, heart goes out to you. Hope that uh, that, that you find some peace soon or some remedy. Uh, elsewhere, but I don't think we're going to be able to give it to you tonight. Mr. Uh,
7: thank you, President Swig. I suppose I am not yet convinced or I'm not as convinced as my colleagues who have expressed their views on the limitations of our authority that we don't have authority, and I, I, was, I thought so earlier on. Uh, but hearing the colloquy that you had, President Swig, with, with our our deputy city attorney, I would like to ask uh, Mr. Givner to clarify or at least uh, provide further uh, um, education for for me and others as to whether there are any activities by a permit holder after receiving a properly issued permit related to the Construction or the substance of the permit that would allow us to uh, cancel or or revoke the permit. The um,
16: <coughs> code section that that uh, sets out the factors that the departments and ultimately the board can consider in your discretion uh, include uh, that you can take into consideration the effect of the permit on the property, its residents, and its inhabitants. Um, the, the board could potentially impose some conditions to, to ensure that work under the permit uh, um, doesn't have a negative effect on the, on the residents and inhabitants. So my, my discussion with, with President Swig earlier really was, what I was trying to say is, The board doesn't have jurisdiction to deny the permit based on a violation of the Ellis Act, but there are other factors that you may consider in deciding whether to grant the appeal or not, and those could include the impacts that the work would would
7: have on on the property and its residents. Thank you. I, I thought that was what you had said earlier, and I'm glad you've added to that. On the issue of the Ellis Act, I, I don't believe, I, I, I defer to your expertise, and I, I don't believe that we have the ability to say no permits during an Ellis Act uh, final tenure. If there had been an explosion in the unit, if for any number of valid reasons, they, that unit were occupied and it, it would not have a kitchen or a bathroom. I don't believe simply because another tenant has Ellis Act tenure uh, that that would prohibit construction, remodeling, et cetera, to be done. The concern here, I believe, is the conditions upon which the, uh, the unit is being remodeled. And if we are able to take those that, that circumstance into account we have heard testimony, we have received written testimony from um, the Bloomfields, from, from, the, uh, from, from the neighbors, about the current conditions under which the permits are being carried out. So I, I do believe that we have the ability to uh, take some action with regard to the permit, the issuance of the permit, or the continuation of the permit, or revocation of the permit, based upon the testimony that, that we have heard. I am sympathetic to everybody uh, in, 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 in this matter. Uh, I don't agree about the notion that simply because you're a tenant, your right to quiet enjoyment of your premises that you, that you pay for, or that, or your your the, 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 simply the option of well, if you don't like being a tenant, we'll go buy someplace. I don't agree with that, and, and I, I but I also don't feel that my my inclination to disregard that kind of notion as expressed by Mr. Germano has has has, has a legal basis for me to to make a recommendation. Uh, but I do believe that with the types of activities that have been described. That we have the ability to put conditions on on the permit uh, up to revoking it, uh, and I would like to I would like for uh, my colleagues to uh, weigh in on that notion. And if we have a sense that we are able to do something, then I think we should try to explore what we can do, uh, it, understanding that Ellis Act probably belongs in the superior court, uh, and and we cannot we cannot mandate. Uh, good relationships uh, notwithstanding the as as mr germano said decades of the bloomfields being good tenants and good neighbors to his family uh, but now suddenly they are litigious and they are uh, they are doing everything they can to weaponize our board etc uh, leaving all that aside i do want to see what we what if my colleagues agree that, there, that we do have the authority, based upon the conditions that, are, that the permit has been carried out, uh, to put some to put some limits, either by time or or by revocation, uh, on this matter.
0: Commissioner Lemberg has his hand up. Yeah. Uh, uh, Their hand up. Uh, uh, do you
1: mind if if I? Are you done? Yes. Um, I, I'd like to take the opportunity, since I haven't said a word, to, and then I'll go back to. Mr. Le- uh, Commissioner Lemberg and Commissioner Lopez, um, I, I I agree, it just about everything that you said, um, and um, I I, I kind of take offense on the statement not from yourself that I heard tonight about well why don't you just go out and buy yourself a house, and you've heard me talk about the differences in being a renter culture and being an owner culture. There's there's a big gap, and we have to respect that. And you, so you know my position on that and the respect that I have for renters and, and the limitations that some people cannot uh, reach that dream of owning their own. Um, at the same time, before we get I, uh, what's haunting me in the back of my brain here uh, is before we steamroll and go in a direction that is served by our emotions, that um, the the two words of of a manifest injustice comes into my my brain on behalf of the owner of the building. Uh, the owner of the building has rights too, uh, no matter how. He feels about those subjects that I am sensitive to, no matter um, whether. And I'm not going to characterize him, but he's been characterized as kind of rude and not exactly sensitive. But I don't know that because I'm not there. But that's how he's been characterized. Um, but I think before we go and uh, in a in in a direction. That I'm sensing that you, you may be going, and there a lot of, there's a lot of emotion here. Um, that that we look out and be mindful of the rights of the property owner, and not get carried away with our con- conditions. Now, what we can do, I believe, and Mr. Green can help us here, is that we could condition and restrict the hours on the construction and we can, instead of being 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., we can condition it on a reasonable eight hour day of nine to five or even we can even say nine to three or 10 to four um, as long as it's reasonable. Um, We can condition that it's five Monday through Fridays and with the weekends off. But let's be careful that we take into consideration that there is an owner of a building uh, who may suffer a material loss in the inability to finish those units to move on with his investment. And um, while showing the, the protection for those persons who have occupied that, that apartment for four decades to which I am extremely sensitive. So uh, I, w- I would like to take your direction under advisement, Mr. Chorzino, and also temper it a little bit so that we don't get carried away. And now I'll ask Mr. Uh, Com- Commissioner Lemberg to um, recognize his hand being raised and then uh, Mr. Lo- Mr. Lopez. Thank you.
2: Uh, so I understand what... Commissioner Trasvini and President Swig have said, but the problem is um, the two permits before us on appeal are essentially accessory permits for plumbing and electrical work. The conditions that we've been talking about would have been appropriate for the building permit, which was the subject of the jurisdiction request earlier in this meeting that was denied. Um, And All of the testimony and all of the documents submitted uh, for this case um, are all regarding the building permit, issues with the building permit, not with the electrical or the plumbing permits. And so placing conditions on the electrical and plumbing permits, and this is why I said this earlier, is not necessarily going to fix any of the issues that are, are being brought up here today um and so I mean I, I think if we had voted yes on the jurisdiction request and would uh, that permit then would have been uh, stayed pending appeal and then we could have heard that appeal at a later date, that would have been the appropriate time and place to place these conditions on a permit because that's the work that's been disrupting the tenants and their neighbors' lives. Um, but the permits before us right now just, as Mr. Green has stated, are accessory permits that uh, are essentially, they just have one city inspection left on each of them and there's not going to be any significant work done. So I just don't think that it's a great solution unless we want to revisit the jurisdiction request. Um, But I I just don't think it's a particularly good uh, solution going forward with PUTTING CONDITIONS ON THESE TWO PERMITS. MR. LOPEZ?
9: Uh, I'LL I'll YIELD THE FLOOR.
1: MR. Uh, uh,
7: THANK YOU, um, COLLEAGUES. Uh, I HIGHLY RESPECT THE RIGHTS OF PROPERTY OWNERS. AND I DO, I DID HEAR MR. GERMANO Uh, express extreme concern that the tenants may not leave at the end of the Ellis Act period. Uh, I would be, so so that remains an issue. Unrelated, or tangentially, I would say, related to to this matter. Uh, So I would say two things in terms of, uh, and again, based upon not my own Sympathies, or et cetera, on on, or or larger issues of landlords and tenants and owners, and 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 the character of San Francisco. The deputy city attorney has said we have authority over these two permits. I would be, and 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 President Swig seems interested in in exploring some reasonable conditions um, that would provide some relief i would suggest that we could uh put a put as a limitation on the permits suspension of activity under the permits until the end date of the ellis act uh, tenancy therefore presumably if uh the 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 work could continue because Mr. Germano apparently is nowhere near occupying the unit. The other unit is vacant. Uh, I assume you can't sell the unit while they're occupying it. So that it would minimize the impact on Mr. Germano. It would give him some greater assurance that the tenants would leave on the date that he expects them to leave so I would I would suggest that, uh, and uh, I have another uh, point on this in in, in 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 I guess in response to uh, Commissioner Lumberg and 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 Commissioner Lopez, and that is that on the other on the earlier matter of the building permit i i i would like some as a new member still a new member i'd like some education as to whether the absence of passing a motion keeps it before us we did not pass a motion to act on on the on on that matter uh if it is still properly before us uh, i would i would uh and and if having that permit before us under reconsideration would enable us to provide relief, then I would be prepared to uh, change my earlier vote and or, ha- or, have, or, or, or approve uh, a reconsideration uh, motion uh, if one were properly before us. That would be a question for the city attorney.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that. I mean, it was, it was voted on, it, the, the vote it. failed. And so, the, in effect, the request was denied. I, I just I don't think there's question? anything in the rules that addresses what you're proposing, and it, I've never seen it.
7: Is there a motion? Would a motion to reconsider that motion be in order?
0: I would,
1: yeah. Mr. GIVENER, Can you give it a legal comment? I'll give another comment.
16: I, I would. Refer to the executive director as the parliamentarian of the body, but happy to also look on the side at the at the rules and see what we can come up with collectively in terms of answering those questions.
1: Uh, my comment on that is that uh, we uh, we made our bed now we have to sleep in it. It's uh, number one, uh, but number two, um, we do this. We have just blown open. Uh, we basically opened Pandora's box, and the, every but he's gonna be standing out that door saying I want you to review and I, I want a new vote because that's, that, that would be a very, very dangerous precedent for this body. Uh, I, we, we, have, we, we took a vote, uh, the motion uh, to accept jurisdiction was denied and, uh, and we, that's it from, from my experience. And, and, the, and, and if we did that again, I think the consequences would be whew, very, very, very difficult. What I would like to ask Mr. Green, before he falls asleep, I'm just kidding. Could you step to the mic, please? Let's, have it, let's get a reality check here. Um, the reality check. The plumbing and electrical is done for all intents and purposes. All it has to do is pass an inspection, right?
5: Uh, as I understand, it, the fixtures still need to be installed and then pass inspection. Okay, so the
1: one step is install the fixtures. Okay.
5: Um, you Actually, could I back up? I, I, yes, believe, I believe the uh, owner said that the um, countertop wasn't installed yet, so that would require some extra, you know, the sink would be installed, hooking up the sink and then the, and then the fixtures. So, Okay. So if if
1: you know I I I I, I'm trying to figure out whether we're too late to the game on 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 this and the major disruption. We can't touch painting,
5: right? No no permit required for painting.
1: Right. We can't touch flooring. Uh, No. Okay. So what we can touch is exactly what you said, which is a a countertop being installed, and we can't touch uh, cabinets being reinstalled
5: and reattached. Well, that's part of this building permit. um,
1: The the building permit, but we've
5: already. Oh, sorry, you're you're right. There's nothing. We're just we're just talking about plumbing, plumbing, electrical. electrical.
1: So we can't touch the paint we can't touch the floor the installation of the cabinetry is not touchable we're talking about the installation of a sink or sinks i'm not sure and uh and the the installations of utilities or accessories which need to be attached to utilities
5: but it does sound to me like all oh, the loud work, the drilling and stuff like that, that is complete. It is basically the finished work being done.
1: And 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 that's my problem here, is that we're a little late to the little late to the game, in that the 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 intrusive noise um, has already been done, and what we would be doing if we got in the way of a permit which is properly issued on because we think that it's intrusive in creating a disruption to a, a tenant is uh, I, i'm i'm uncomfortable with that i'm uncomfortable with that cuz i think the damage has been done already and we're kind of like you did you acted badly and now you're going to pay for it cuz we're going to we're going to stall the installation of the uh, that doesn't that really doesn't and, and the proper and the permit was properly issued. There's no testimony that the permit wasn't properly issued.
5: Uh, they were both issued properly. They were both issued properly.
1: That's what we're here for. Uh, again, the ghost of Ann Lazarus is sitting on my shoulder and stay stick to the issue. Rick was the permit properly issued. And I don't see, I, I see all the other stuff. I see the paint smell. I hear the noise. I see the trucks. And all that, but what? We're, and I, I, I hear the the other comments that we've discussed about renters and owners. Uh, but in the to the issue, was the permit properly issued? The permit was properly issued. All the other stuff we have to put aside. That's the, what the ghost of Ann Lazarus sitting on my shoulder is telling me in my ear. Well, if and, I, and you replaced her, so...
7: <laughs> if I may, President Swig, I fully respect the ghost of Ann Lazarus. I fully respect uh, your experience and your judgment and, yeah. and, and all that you have taught me and guided me, and I think I guided all of us in the public. However, I, this is why I've asked the deputy city attorney, do we have the ability to consider on a properly the properly granted permit, the conduct of the permit holder, the acti- under, based upon the activities carrying out the permit. And he, is, he, he told you yes, he told me yes. And I believe based on that, I believe we have the ability to consider that. It perhaps may be mismatched between the bill among the building permit, the electrical permit and the plumbing permit. I ALSO WANT TO SAY THAT IT IS uh, A VERY r- WIDELY ACCEPTED UNDER ROBERTS RULES OF ORDER AT LEAST A MOTION TO RECONSIDER AND A MOTION TO RECONSIDER CAN BE MADE BY SOMEONE ON THE WINNING SIDE OF THE ORIGINAL MOTION AND THAT IS, uh, that is IN ORDER uh, I DON'T KNOW ABOUT THE NOTICE REQUIREMENTS BUT IT WOULD BE IN ORDER AND ONLY IF WE ACTUALLY MOVE TO RECONSIDER AND GRANTED A RECONSIDERATION WOULD the line start, would, would, would people be able to try to push that on us in other cases? May we hear
16: from our, our herders? <laughs> sure, thank you. Um, the, so neither the board's rules nor the, the applicable code section speaks specifically to reconsideration, but the board's rules do provide that in the discretion of the president of the board, Robert's rules can be applied to parliamentary questions that come up during a meeting, um, and as Commissioner Tresvigna mentioned, Robert's rules do provide for a motion to reconsider at the same meeting. Uh, so, if, in your discretion as the president, you want you decide to apply Robert's rules at this meeting, there could be a motion to to reconsider the. The previous motion on the on the jurisdiction request. I understand that that is not some that's not a motion that is typically uh, considered at at board of appeals meetings. I don't have the experience to know whether it's ever come up before, uh, but that's the way the rules read.
1: And
15: um, as the permit holder, may I just say pl- something quickly?
1: No, no, sorry, sorry for being curt and seemingly rude, but that's you can't interrupt at this point, sorry. Um, so, Mr. Givner, uh, without, um, ha- how would the president do that if the president doesn't wanna act arbitrarily and dismiss the feelings of his fellow commissioners? Do I go around the uh, the room and uh ask each of these commissioners whether they would take offense with uh they have a feeling one way or the other so that i can it would help me to uh make a decision or uh, or does that require a notice i'm being very sensitive to all the you know the other things that go around us when you know with regard to ethics sunshine and all the other things that we are trained and taught about To as as acting appropriately on this panel, so it, your advice on that, please.
16: Sure, this is this is within your discretion. So there are a few different options. You could uh, you could have a discussion about whether to invoke Roberts rules and potentially take a, a motion to reconsider. Um, you could uh, determine that you'd like to at least use Roberts rules here, and then have the the board discuss whether anyone wants to to make that motion. Um, or how people would feel about about making the motion. Or, of course, in your discretion, you could de- de- determine that a motion to reconsider is simply not appropriate in this in this matter because it's your authority under the board's rules.
1: I think I know Mr. Chasvigia's point of view. Uh, I'd like to ask Mr. Lopez's point of view, and then I will go to uh, the two commissioners who are virtual.
9: Yeah I think where I'm from where I'm standing uh, you know my vote in 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 the previous matter uh, you know I I believe as I stated uh, was in part given that it was such a close call and given that uh, we didn't have concrete evidence either way and given that uh, I understood the the present matter to 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 be uh, to be a vehicle to discuss the substance of of the underlying permit, um, and you know I'll confess that I didn't fully appreciate the nuance of the plumbing versus electrical versus building permit uh, in this detail uh, in this level of detail at the time. Uh, but having the benefit of what's been presented now, if I had known that then that we'd be foreclosed from engaging with, uh, the full substance of the matter, I do think I would have, uh, sided with the appellants in that jurisdiction request and my, my, my feeling with respect to uh, creating problematic precedent is, is that we, uh, we're talking about, a, a meeting and a calendar where we had, uh, two separate but somewhat related, you know, matters in the same meeting. And so I think the risk of having this create problematic precedent for us is relatively low, uh, because we have, uh, you know, this unique, circumstance where we had, you know, one, uh, you know, kind of threshold jurisdiction focused uh, question for one permit, substantive questions on related but separate permits within that, you know, that collection of, of circumstances. I'm, I'm not worried about this coming up every other meeting uh we don't we don't often have you know the 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 just that cluster of of matters uh before us very often and uh and yeah i think from my perspective it would be given that we're still within the meeting that we didn't have a final vote on the first question i do think it'd be appropriate to revisit that
1: to 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 discuss Roberts' rules,
9: right, and to to uh, to entertain a potential motion to reconsider.
1: Okay, uh, Commissioner EPLER, please comments.
8: Um, <clears throat> yes, um, I you know largely agree uh, with uh, Vice President Lopez on this, um, particularly with regards to the likelihood that this particular issue comes before us again, with any frequency Um, we are within the meeting in which the matter was considered and now um, wanting to try to reconsider it. Um, I think it's in our, you know, usual line of incentives to act with finality. Um, and if there is a mechanism where, um, we discover that perhaps we made a mistake and we have the ability to revisit it, then it seems like, you know, that is something that we should avail ourselves of in those rare circumstances when it happens. Um, I, you know, this is entirely self-initiated. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about the, the appellants or other parties, you know, constantly raising this issue. This is wholly within, you know, our, our, our power as a body to do and to initiate. And, and, and what's more, not even our power, but the power of the president of, of the board. And so it's even more limited than the whole f- the five of us. And so, you know, I, um, I voted for jurisdiction the first time. So I, I think I'm, I'm clear on where I would fall on that. But um, I, I do think that this is something that, uh, considering the Roberts Rules, uh, is something that we should do at this time.
1: Commissioner Lumber.
2: Um, I actually don't have a lot to add, Um, obviously I brought the last motion so it's pretty clear well I'll land on a reconsidered motion, Um, but I will just say that, excuse me, um, that, uh, you know, had these two agenda items been flipped in, in the order on the agenda, we wouldn't even be having to have this conversation. Um, because we would have just uh, voted on the uh, the first appeal and then gone to the jurisdiction request. It happened, you know, the way it happened. But, um, you know, I think ultimately that kind of came down to chance uh, at the end of the day. Um, and uh, I, I, I certainly uh, think it's appropriate to uh, reconsider if uh, the members of my fellow members of the board are are willing to reconsider this i don't and and i agree with commissioner epler as well but it's not i don't think there's a risk of uh, of abuse of this uh, none of the parties asked us to reconsider this this was you know entirely within our own conversation and our own discretion as a board so that's what i have to add
1: okay now the chairman has to according to mr givner he has to make his direction Um, so this is my inclination my inclination is to recognize the wishes of the commissioners and allow um, the 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 decision to revisit and reopen the first item uh, according to Robert's rules Uh, with regard to the subject at hand I think it is appropriate uh, and to and and I I'd, I'd like to Mr. Givner, I need your your attention on this because um, now we're in delicate territory. Um, what I see is these permits were properly issued, um, and what we're going to do is not uh, what I th- I think the appropriate thing to do. Given that we're going to pay attention to Roberts' rules, uh, I have a sense that in that discussion we are going to. Uh, entertain another motion that might reverse our action on the the previous item. And so in that case, what I would do is a call of the chair uh, to postpone a decision on the second item and to revisit the second item at the time that the first item is reconsidered under the anticipation of a jurisdiction acceptance of a jurisdiction request.
16: Is, is that appropriate? That that all sounds correct to me. The, the, the board will be taking, would be taking a few different actions. The first action would be a motion to reconsider. And if the board passes that motion, as it sounds like it will, uh, then you would determine, make a determination on the jurisdiction request. Uh, and if the board grants the jurisdiction request, that appeal still has yet to be filed. Um, and then on the the appeals that are pending here regarding the plumbing and electrical, the board could continue those items to line up with the, the, uh, building permit appeal, um, that, that will be, that would then be filed down the road.
1: Okay. Let me ask you one further question because I want to make sure that we don't get ourselves surprised, um, And uh, my fellow commissioner, this comes from history of experience, Um, not a point of view. Just want to make sure we're covering all bases. Um, There's the assumption if if we reopen the discussion on the jurisdiction request and we take jurisdiction, that indeed an appeal is filed. That's what we're assuming, correct? You just said it.
16: Correct. That's right. I, I based that on the, on right. the appellant's statement. So what happens if we allow
1: a jurisdiction request to be recognized and crickets, there's no, there's no action taken. Then I'm, uh, uh, we're sitting out there with a call of a chair tied to an assumption that never happens. The gentleman who owns the building, who's sitting at the point where there's been significant activity at the building, and basically it's install the dishwasher. I, I know don't know this to be true, but you know it's close. Install the dishwasher and, and install the the sink in the kitchen, and you're done. This person is held out held out there in in perpetuity and the call of the chair is really quite you know, is tied to something that is not ever going to happen at, at which point that is a manifest
16: injustice the sorry, I apologize don't mean to step in yeah help me okay the board's rules of order provide that if the board does grant a jurisdiction request the the appeal must be filed within five days okay. so so you would have a timeline for the. For, for the next hearing uh based on on the board's rules if the appellants if you grant the jurisdiction request and the appellants do not file an appeal within five days uh then you could bring the uh the other two appeals back for a final determination okay
1: I'm going to ask uh what i'm going what I'm going to do pending uh will interrupt we'll interrupt this suspend this discussion right now on the two permits at hand uh, to have the discussion according to Robert's rules on reopening the other item. Pending that discussion, I may come back, depending on the result, and do a call of the chair. And I would ask that the executive director uh, please uh, put her, her head together with yours to make sure that that issue is covered uh, with the appropriate motion that she might suggest to me, so that uh, that this is not a never-ending story, and that the building owner is not subjected to the never-ending story and not does not suffer a manifest injustice. Is that okay? So uh, the 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 president uh, it, uh, therefore says that we are going to. Uh, recognize Robert's rules and that I will open it for discussion uh, to uh, on the on the previous action taken earlier this evening uh, with uh, mr. Javino would you like to uh, open that discussion since you seem to be the the, the proponent
7: uh, thank you President Swigert. before I make the motion I want to express my gratitude for the way in which you have laid out, not only for me and for my colleagues, but for the public and the, and, the, and, and, and the parties here, what the values are, what the factors are, what the risks are, and what the appropriate process forward is. And again, as, as the Deputy City Attorney said, it is, it is within your discretion, and I greatly appreciate your accommodating my concerns and hearing from, from our colleagues. Uh, and, uh, based upon, uh, where we've gone in the last 20 minutes or so, I, and if we're now back on the, uh, original, uh, jurisdiction question, I would move to reconsider the previous vote, uh, that, uh, I was in the majority to, uh, the, the previous vote, which failed, um, granting the uh, jurisdiction
0: okay so we have well is there any is there any public con- are we having a discussion or is that the motion on the table to reconsider would any
1: would any uh, commissioners like to raise any further uh, discussion on what is the potential motion put forth by Commissioner Tresvenya uh, the two at this point. Yeah, we're just two,
0: having a motion to reconsider re, To,
1: to recon- see if we're
0: gonna even revisit the jurisdiction request,
1: right? correct S- so um, Do I have any I'm looking at the the two commissioners who are not here? Uh, anything further to add to mr. Trisvina's point of view? No Hearing none sure. um, Mr. Lopez have you anything to add to is
7: this is subject to public comment?
1: Uh, to Mr. Trasvenia's point of view? Uh,
0: No. Okay. So so we have a motion from Commissioner Trasvenia to reconsider item number six, jurisdiction request number 22-7. On that motion, Vice President Lopez? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Yep. Okay, so we have the vote to reconsider it. At this point, then we would just take another vote. And I would like to remind the commissioners that the sole issue before you is, did the city intentionally or inadvertently cause the requester to be late in filing the appeal? Because I heard some discussion about conditions on the property, et cetera, but the the narrow uh, scope that you need to be voting on is the city's actions. So do we have a motion?
1: motion.
2: Um, I'm happy to make a motion. Sure. The same motion I made earlier uh, I would uh, I move to grant the re uh, the jurisdiction request based on uh, the assertion that the city inadvertently caused uh, the late filing in this matter.
0: Okay. Uh, On that motion Vice President Lopez. Aye. Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? No. Okay, well there are four votes, uh, four to one, so that motion is granted. So at this point what we could do, there is a five-day window of time for them to file appeal. We could just continue the other two cases to December 7th or 14th because that's when I would be scheduling this appeal if it comes in. Instead of going to the call of the chair and then back and gathering all the parties, it would be—I think—would it would be better if we had a date certain. December fourteenth would be ideal because it's like okay. Light we have calendar. two
1: motions. Uh, would somebody like to make a motion to continue this to the specific date of December fourteenth?
3: Okay, that's, that's so we have a
0: motion from Vice President Lopez to continue mm-hmm. Item Seven A and Seven B. Appeal numbers 22 068 and 22 069 to December 14th. Um, On that motion, uh, Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. Okay, so that motion carries five to zero. The two appeals are continued to December. December 14th, and do, the. Do juris- we have to
1: have two separate motions, or can we can I think. Well, they- I
0: said that since they're both, we're just continuing on. Okay. It's fine. All right. that was, if we were gonna be voting on the permit. I just wanna make sure that we're
1: going according to.
0: Yeah, it's fine. So okay. the jurisdiction request has been granted. Uh, Mr. Collier, you have five days to submit an appeal request by 4.30 p.m. on Monday. So, uh, this concludes the hearing.
1: And games. Uh, This concludes the hearing if anyone Uh,
0: has questions feel free to reach out to me tomorrow see you in a couple
1: weeks folks